I'm Caleb Benjamin, intern at Lawfare. Today on Lawfare No Bull. On November 21st, in a hearing in Fulton County, Judge Scott McAfee heard arguments on whether Harrison Floyd, the former leader of a group called Black Voices for Trump, should have his bail revoked for using X, formerly known as Twitter, to indirectly communicate with witnesses. Judge McAfee determined that the most appropriate solution is to amend Floyd's conditions of release, not remand him to custody. All right, let's go on the record with 23 SC 188947 State v. Harrison William Prescott Floyd. We're here today on State's motion to revoke bond filed last week. And I also received and reviewed yesterday Mr. Floyd's response. Uh, and Ms. Willis, on behalf of the state, and who would be arguing on behalf of the defense? John Morrison, Your Honor. Morrison, okay. All right, Ms. Willis, your floor is yours. Good morning, good afternoon, Your Honor. I'm Fonnie Willis, District Attorney on behalf of the state of Georgia. Um, just wanna put some things on the record before we begin and then the order in which we plan to proceed. Um, we're obviously here because Harrison Floyd is indicted um, for three counts. One is conspiracy to violate the Georgia RICO statute, which as you know, carries a penalty of five to 20 years. The second count is count 30 of the indictment, the conspiracy to commit solicitation of false statements, um, a sentence that carries one to two and a half years. And then finally in count 31, influencing witnesses, which carries a sentence of two to 10 years. Um, on August the 29th of 2023, a consent bond was entered in this case. And I know that that's part of the court's um, official record. Um, the state contends that Mr. Floyd, the defendant that is here before the court today, violated three of the seven conditions of that bond. And those are going to be conditions five, six, and seven as outlined there. Um, the state is requesting so that there's no um, mistake as to what we're asking that his bond be revoked and that he be remanded back into custody for violating three conditions of the bond. Um, I tell people often, I think numerically, and so I often ask that people do that along with me. Um, three is going to be a theme here. We believe, Your Honor, as we talk about Ayala and some other case law, that three of the factors um, he is a risk for and that he violated three of the conditions of bond. Um, I want to put some basic case law on the record, and if it's acceptable to the court, I'd like to be able to approach at this time and provide the defense with the first three cases. And may I work, walk freely in the well, or would you like I ask every time? Your Honor, just for purposes of the record, I handed you and the defense is now being handled, handed Ayala versus State 262 Georgia 704, um, a 1993 case. We also handed you Hood versus Karsten, um, a 1997 case. And finally, Clark versus the state, a 1997 case. Um, I want to put these on the record from the beginning because they set up the basis of why we're here. In Hood versus Carson, which is cited at 267 Georgia 579, 581, a 1997 case, it is clear that the trial court has power to revoke bonds as long as minimal due process is applied. This means a hearing and a chance to be heard. You're obviously meeting that requirement. We are here today before you. Um, further, in Clark versus State, the trial court has authority to revoke bond if, following a hearing, the trial court determines that def the defendant violates the conditions. Clark versus State is cited at uh, 228 Georgia App 219 at 221 and 
1997 case. Um, also, I think it's very important that the court knows that in matters of initially setting bond, the state has the burden of proving by a preponderance. I think that's going to be important, a preponderance of the evidence that the trial court should deny bail um, to protect the community. And that comes straight out of Ayala, which I would say is the seminal case on bond. Um, we'll also be providing the court white versus state, which is at 307 Georgia 601. And it just says proof by preponderance simply requires that the evidence show that something is more likely to be true than not. Um, and I will have to make sure my colleagues provide white versus the state as well. White versus the state is a Georgia Supreme Court, 307 Georgia 601 607 2020. Your Honor, understanding we have the burden in today's hearing, the state's plan is to call three witnesses. Um, those witnesses, again, three being our theme, is Assistant Chief Michael Hill. We plan to call um, Gabriel Sterling, as well as Assistant, um, excuse me, as well as Attorney Von Du Bois to meet the preponderance of the evidence standard. Um, with that, I don't know if the defense has opening, but as you direct, we will call our first open witness. Mr. Morrison. Good afternoon, Your Honor. One of the things I'd like the court to keep in mind is the spirit of this bond order, which was essentially to make sure that my client doesn't intimidate any witnesses or that he doesn't collude or with other witnesses regarding what their testimony may be. I believe when the court looks at the complained about tweets, you're going to find that that never occurred. It was never his intention either, Your Honor. Um, I believe the court will look through and after it hears the evidence, will find at most if he came close to the line, the court will have an opportunity to address that. I don't believe that he should be remanded back into the custody of the state. There's no need for that. Uh, one of the things that bothers me is if these tweets had so angered or bothered the state, they would have picked up the phone call and called the defense team of my client and said, hey, listen. He's making tweets. We don't like them. Can you do something about them? And we could have addressed the issue. Instead, they simply filed a motion. We believe the reason they filed that motion is my client is showing just how weak the case against him is. And I think he has a right to do that. This is political speech, Your Honor, and they're trying to silence it. Thank you. Your Honor, may the state call their first witness. Your Honor, we're calling Assistant Chief Michael Hill. Your Honor, and we will ask that after Mr. Hill concludes his testimony that he be allowed to stay in the courtroom. Your Honor, we would invoke the rule. Your Honor is aware of the law that regarding um, detectives and investigators on cases. This is the case that Mr. Hill is working. Well, uh, he's about to testify, so I don't think he would need to go anywhere, but you're saying there's two other witnesses, the rules of evidence technically don't apply to bond hearings at all, including the rule of sequestration. That's true. Uh, but if there's anyone that would like to voluntarily step outside because they think that would be optically better for their case, they may do so. All right, Mr. Hill, sir. Would you like me to swear my I think we have Deputy Scott for that. Ms. Welford, for the testimony you should give a court today will be the truth. Yes, I do. Thank you, sir. Please state this for your full name for the court. Yes, sir. My name is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, middle initial L, last name Hill, the second. Um, good morning, Assistant, or good afternoon, Assistant Chief Hill. Will you please tell the court where you are employed and what your title is? Uh, good afternoon, Madam. Yes, I'm, I'm employed with the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Uh, I currently serve as an Assistant Chief Investigator. And 
in your capacity as an assistant chief investigator, have you been assigned to work on um, what we'll refer to as the election interference case, the case that has us in court today? Yes, ma'am. I've been so assigned for about two years now. Um, as a result of that assignment, have you had the opportunity to um, subpoena witnesses for proceedings in this matter? Yes, ma'am, I have. And also to interview witnesses in the matter? Yes, ma'am, I have. Um, have you also had the opportunity as an assistant chief to uh, be familiar and aware with the uh, social media pages, both of defendants as well as uh, witnesses and victims in this case? Yes, I have. That's correct. May I approach? Uh, you don't need to ask permission if it's your witness. I am going to hand you... Uh, And while he's doing that, I just want to note for everyone, our court reporter is joining us remotely. So at any time you're away from a microphone, just speak up. Have you had an opportunity to look at one through 21? Just a moment. Yes, ma'am. Um, and are you familiar with exhibits one through 21? I am. Um, are you familiar with all of them in the same way? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay, and can you tell the court how you're familiar with one through 21? Yes, ma'am, so I'm familiar with exhibits one through 21 because they display the uh, social media pages, uh, specifically um, X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, of defendant uh, Harrison Prescott Floyd. Um, as well as witnesses, uh, Mr. Gabriel Sterling, um, and also uh, Secretary of State, Mr. Brad Raffensperger. Um, Your Honor, at this time, we're gonna ask that States Exhibit 1 through 21 be admitted into evidence. Charter, I'd ask the court to allow me to, or dire the witnesses to the foundation of these prior to accepting them as uh, tendered and uh, evidence. You're challenging the authenticity of these? Yes. All right. I'll give you some leeway there, Mr. Morrison. Would you like me to do that now? If you would, sir, you, you're familiar with these exhibits, correct? Yes, sir, I'm familiar. Next to the name, there's a little symbol. Is that correct? Yes, sir. What is that symbol? 
there's an at if that's what you mean the name of the the name of the page blue check mark at the end of the names that question sure. I'm not sure you have uh, you may are you a, yourself a Twitter user sir no sir I don't have any social media I see okay. I don't do social media at all if I may you'll notice here next to Harrison Floyd's name is what it's an American flag okay next to Mr Sterling's there's nothing but if you look here, what is this next to Miss Ellis's? Ah, yes, that's the check signifying that her account's been verified. But the account has been verified. Correct. Has Mr. Floyd's account been verified? Well, according to your example, there's no blue check next to his name. So I would imagine that that means that his account has not been verified. So have you verified that these, in fact, are tweets, those which purport to be for Mr. Floyd are actually, in fact, for Mr. Floyd? So you're asking, in terms of my authentication or how I verified that these tweets come coming from Mr. Floyd, or are you asking me to give you that answer? Have you verified that they came from Mr. Floyd? So the way that I verified, if that's your question, the way that I was able to verify that these are tweets that were, in fact, that came from Mr. Floyd, uh, were for a few reasons. If you look at um, Exhibit One um, under Floyd, um, under Mr. Floyd's page, he has um, several. There's several comments. Um, one's God's child. The next is Erica's husband. The next is Harlan's dad. The next is a US uh, flag that says USMC veteran. The next is 2020 uh, at team Trump campaign. And then the next is one of 19 defendants in Fulton County. Um, and then lastly, you'll see where it says, or underneath all that information, there's a location symbol and it says North Bethesda MD for Maryland. Um, as a part of our investigation in this case, one of the ways that we were able to verify or actually able to state that, you know, unequivocally, this is his page is that first and foremost, uh, the, the look at the, uh, the second thing that I mentioned, Erica's husband. Um, Mr. Floyd is in fact married to uh, Miss Erica DeMare. Um, the next is you'll see Harlan's dad. Um, and, you, the, and then there's also a little symbol, an emoji symbol of a little girl next to Harlan. Um, not too long ago, Mr. Uh, Floyd and Ms. DeMare actually just had a daughter and I believe her name is Harlan. Um, also next to that, where you see the U.S. flag, USMC veteran, uh, Mr. Floyd is also a former, uh, former Marine or U.S. veteran. Um, next, when you saw, when I just stated the 2020 uh, at team Trump campaign, um, during Mr. Uh, Floyd's time or defendant Floyd's time here in the state of Georgia, he was actually a part of and associated with, I believe, the president of Black Voices for Trump and a supporter of the 2020 Trump campaign. Um, and then the last thing that I'll state here is you see one of 19 defendants in Fulton County, um, defendant Floyd is in fact one of 19 defendants on this indictment. Okay. If I may continue, Your Honor. Your Honor, I think we cut to I mean, this. Yeah, let me just kind of cut to the chase here. If you're trying to challenge these saying or reserve the objection that Mr. Floyd did not actually send these tweets or make them, um, is, is that what you're trying to do in terms of the authenticity? I'd like to see the authenticity and the basis for these. But it's, I believe the state has the burden. I'm trying to hold them to their burden. All right. And although you refer to this multiple times as posts by Mr. Floyd and the opposition's response. Okay. Uh, so we're going to admit them over the defense objection. And I think it's, they've been tendered as posts that he gathered from uh, Twitter. If you want to 
retain your argument that Mr. Floyd did not actually post these. I think that goes to the weight, not the admissibility. So we can continue. And um, just while we are on that line, did you also see uh, live images, videos, shall we say, from the handle that has just been referred to by the defense? And those live images, um, were you able to see defendant Harrison Floyd posting himself, giving live speeches, we'll say, from that particular handle. Yes, Madam District Attorney, that was actually going to be my next statement. I have you live feed or live video, if you will, um, posted on that uh, Twitter handle. And who was the person that was posting that? Mr. H uh, Mr. Harrison Floyd. And did the person who posted them in the, the live speeches that you watched, did it look like the defendant that is here in court today? Yes. Your Honor, we'll stipulate that that was Mr. Floyd and, the, and these videos online. All right. Um, Your Honor, I believe one through um, 21 have now been um, admitted. And you just described in great detail for uh, defense counsel, states exhibit number one. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Okay. I'd like to move on then to states exhibit number two. Um, can you please describe for purposes of the record what states exhibit number two is? Uh, states exhibit number two is the um, X page of Mr. Gabriel Sterling, the current COO for the Georgia Secretary of State. And have you confirmed that this is in fact Gabriel Sterling's page? Uh, yes, ma'am. I, I have so confirmed. I just uh, myself viewing the page and uh, uh, throughout the course of our investigation. And I've also spoken with counsel for Mr. Sterling, who also confirmed uh, that that is his client's Twitter page or X page. Okay. States exhibit number three, will you describe for purposes of the record what states exhibit number three is and what, if any, knowledge you have on states exhibit number three? Uh, states exhibit number three is the X page for the Georgia Secretary of State, uh, Mr. Brad Raffensperger. Um, and the same, I confirmed through counsel um, and also by way of this investigation that that is in fact his uh, official page. Okay, let's move on, sir, to state's exhibit number four. Will you please describe for purposes of the record what state's exhibit number four is and what have you confirmed it in any way? Uh, state's exhibit number four is uh, Miss Jenna, uh, witness Jenna Ellis's um, X page. Um, that was the page that defense counsel referenced the blue check mark um, next to her name. And I'll also uh, confirm by way of this investigation and also by way uh, of her counsel that that is her, uh, in fact, her official page. States exhibit number five, will you describe for purpose of the record what it is and if you have in any way confirmed its authenticity? Uh, yes, ma'am. That is the um, X page or Twitter page of the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Um, and I confirm that um, through Madam District Attorney. And if I may, Ms. Willis, if we're doing this for six through 21, I think maybe the stipulation would cover this. Yes, Your Honor, but we add, thank you. We're going to get to um, content at this point, and okay. I am now at State's Exhibit Number 6, which are relevant to the um, bond motion. May I proceed? Of course. State's Exhibit Number 6. Um, State's Exhibit Number 6 purports to be from whose page? Uh, Mr. Harrison Floyd. And um, what, if anything, can you read into the record the content of State's Exhibit Number 6 and what it states yes the content uh it states that passing this along to georgia at georgia secretary of state and at gabriel sterling should they be more concerned about interfering in elections perjury before congress lying to da fonnie willis or all the above and um the at georgia secretary of state and at gabriel sterling is where i want to draw your attention have you confirmed that by tagging those posts that they did in fact 
contact um, witnesses in this case? Yes, ma'am, they did contact. And my understanding is that uh, Mr. Gabriel Sterling, in fact, um, has seen this particular uh, notification or communication rather. So the, this um, post that tagged Gabriel Sterling was able to communicate with him? Yes, ma'am, that's correct. I have now drawn your, I um, would ask you to bring your attention to state's number, exhibit number six, um, excuse me, state's exhibit number seven. Who is state's exhibit number seven for? What is that? Uh, once again, this is defendant Floyd. And what is the content of state's exhibit number seven? The content is all caps. We want the truth followed by five exclamation points. And he adds Georgia secretary of state at Gabriel Sterling at Fulton County DA. Uh, next, it states it's accountability time with a clock and then unseal the ballots. Through your investigation, were you able to confirm that by placing the at Georgia Secretary of State that that communicated with members of the Georgia Secretary of State's office? Yes, ma'am, I have. Your Honor, subject to cross-examination, he has no personal knowledge of how Twitter works, how X works. He already said he didn't. So I don't know how he could possibly know that that's communicating with. As your honor is very well aware, hearsay is allowed in a bond motion, um, and I believe he can testify through hearsay testimony. Objection. I, I didn't object to hearsay. Uh, no, just speculation. Personal not, it's, personal it's noted, and I think that goes, again, throughout this hearing, it'll be its weight and not its admissibility and certainly something you can argue. All right, sir. All right. Thank you. How do you have knowledge? Let's specifically go to at, uh, first of all, is Mr. Sterling a member of the Georgia Secretary of State's office? Yes, ma'am. That is correct. And were you able to communicate with him? Yes, ma'am. I have. And did through that communication, you learned that um, he was able to see the post at Georgia Secretary of State? Yes, ma'am. Was he able also to see the post that tagged him at Gabriel Sterling? Yes, ma'am. Um, and so you, do you, do you have first knowledge through that communication that this post communicated with him? I have personal knowledge that Mr. Gabriel Sterling has viewed these communications, has seen them, yes. And thus they communicated with him? Correct. I would like to draw your attention to state's exhibit number eight. Please read into the record the content of state's exhibit number eight. Once again, this is from the X page of defendant Floyd. Uh, and the content is as follows. Black American Dems want the black Trump guy to tell on the racist white Republicans, but only if it's President Trump, question mark, LOL. Look, the truth is that at Georgia Secretary of State and at Gabriel Sterling are the pieces of, and it's a- Emoji of, can you just spell that word as opposed to profanity in the record? Yes, ma'am. It's a, an emoji of poop or fecal matter emoji. Um, they are the pieces of that emoji you should be mad at. Uh, make elections fair again. And yeah, that's it. Is there uh, two hashtags after that, sir? Oh, yes, ma'am. The hashtags underneath are hashtag fraud and hashtag Fulton. Let's move on to state's exhibit number nine. Um, can you please read us the content in of state's exhibit number nine? State's exhibit number nine, once again, comes from the X page of defendant Floyd. Um, and he states, it's over with five exclamation points. Um, at jo Georgia Secretary of State needs to call his lawyer. He's about to go through some things, exclamation point, hashtag fraud, hashtag cheating, hashtag election interference. 
Moving on to state's exhibit number 10, will you please read into the record the content of state's exhibit number 10? Once again, from the page of defendant Floyd, um, the content is wow at Jenna Ellis Esquire, you're a whole mess girl, exclamation point. Uh, so you didn't stop at stealing people's hard earned money for your uh, in, uh, in quotations defense. You're also lying on at Dan Scavino uh, with a question mark, exclamation point, question mark. I guess they don't teach ethics at Harvard Law anymore. And then there's an emoji that I can't make out. Hashtag give back the money. Uh, I, I need to stop here and ask you a question. Is uh, Gabriel Sterling a witness in this case? Yes, ma'am, he is. And in fact, um, specifically to this case, did he testify at a proceeding? Uh, multiple. Did he testify specifically at the uh, special purpose grand jury? Yes, ma'am, he did. And were transcripts of that testimony turned over to the defense? Yes, ma'am, they were. Okay, moving right along, uh, Jenis, Jenna Ellis, what was her initial status in this case? Her initial status was one of the 19 defendants. And what is her status at this time? She has since pled and she is now a witness for the state. Did the uh, proffered testimony of Ms. Ellis, was that turned over as witness testimony to the defense in this case? Yes, ma'am, it was. Moving right along, let's move to state's exhibit number 11. Do you have state's exhibit number 11 before you? I do. Can you please read into the record what the content is of state's exhibit number 11? It's again from the page of defendant Floyd. It states, if we are sharing slash leaking videos today, dot, 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 and then there's an emoji. Like I said from the start, Ruby Freeman was all caps terrified and wouldn't talk to anyone, all caps, white, exclamation point. Why, dot, 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 question mark. Because racism and political terrorism in, I believe this is an emoji of a peach, is still very real, exclamation point. This is a all caps cover up and Fulton County is all caps corrupt. There is an image on this particular, um, print out what is that image so that the judge knows exactly what it is he is looking at in state's exhibit number 11. Your Honor, that is an image of the uh, body cam from the Cobb County Police Department um, of Miss Ruby Freeman at her home. Let me ask you, um, do the uh, basis of the initial charges in um, this case against Mr. Floyd do they involve Ms. Freeman? Yes, they do, ma'am. And um, to your knowledge, is Ms. Freeman listed 40 times in the state's indictment in this case? She is approximately thereabout, yes. And is that surrounding the charges against this particular defendant? Yes, it is. And this is an image from evidence in the case that is displayed on state's exhibit number 11. That is correct. Can we move on to state's exhibit number 12? Can you please uh, put into the record what is displayed on state's exhibit number 12? Again, from the page of Mr. Uh, Harrison Floyd, uh, this is a cover up, all caps, and Fulton County is corrupt, all caps, with an exclamation point. 
Um, it is once again that same image of Miss Ruby Freeman at her home via a Cobb County police uh, body cam. And underneath the image, uh, it says, so this begs the question, if Ruby Freeman didn't trust white people to help her, what did she say to the black people that offered to help her? I'll wait for you to get your popcorn. Is there a response? And um, please do not put any profanity. I'd ask you to type, to spell out the word that um, is profane underneath that comment. Yes, ma'am. There is a comment. It comes from um, underneath this post. And the comment uh, comes from at full Ford Leonard. And the uh, statement is bury this B-I-T-C-H under the jail. All right, let's move on to state's exhibit number 13. Um, I believe the top of this post you just read, uh, there is in this one, a different depiction. Are there words now? And who is that an image of on this post? Um, once again, it's, uh, I'm sorry, you said state's exhibit, which number? I'm sorry, 13. Okay. Uh, words in the, first of all, what is that an image of? It is an image of, uh, once again, Ms. Ruby Freeman at her home via Cobb County PD body cam. Okay, and are there words in that um, particular depiction that were not pr present in state's exhibit number 11 or 12? Yes, ma'am, there are. Will you read into the record what those words are? Those words state, he told her that he wanted to help me. Is there a comment beneath that in state's exhibit number 13? Underneath, there's a comment from at brunettes, brunettes are great. And the statement or the comment is Ruby should be in prison with an angry emoji face. Okay, let's move on to states number 14. Is what's at the top of states exhibit number 14 simply again, the image of Miss Ruby Freeman? Yes, ma'am, it is. And can you please read into, and there's the same text from Harrison Floyd that was displayed before, correct? That's correct. In an, in an effort to not use as much time, can you just get us to what the comment is under that one? The comment from at MS, Miss Tish TSH 80 is Ruby the racist who would have thunk. Do you consider those to be positive comments? Not at all, ma'am. Let's go to state's exhibit number 15. Again, um, the same post from Mr. Floyd, there are different, there's an image again, who is this image of for purposes of the record? Miss Ruby Freeman. And are there different words that were, displ were displayed on the previous post? It, they are the same words. He told her that he wanted to help me. Same words. In an image from the body cam um, in this case? That is correct. And does it display the witness, Ruby Freeman? It does. Is that the same Miss Ruby Freeman that is listed 40 times in this indictment? Yes, ma'am, it is. What is the comment underneath? The comment underneath is from at Justine 01848685, and it says racist, and then there's a pig emoji. Did you find that to be a positive comment? Not at all, madam. Moving on to state's exhibit number 16. Um, I believe that this is a different post. Is that correct? It is a different post. Will you, for purposes of the record, read into what the content of this post is? Again, it comes from the page of defendant Floyd. Um, it states yesterday, the Fulton County DA's office leaked proffer videos. And now they are trying to blame my team in order to get a protective order. Look at Fannie for DA, if I was going to leak something, it wouldn't be Sydney Powell or Jenna Ellis. It would be this, uh, hashtag Georgia, hashtag fraud. 
And then what, is there an image beneath that? There is an image, yes. And what is that image displaying? The image is displaying um, the audio captured um, from the uh, body cam of the Cobb County Police Department. And who is it capturing whose voice? It's capturing the voice of, I believe it's uh, Miss Ruby Freeman, if I remember correctly. Yes. And let's just for educational purposes, that at Fonny 4DA, because that at Fonny 4DA was there, uh, do you have personal knowledge if that communicates with me? I do have personal knowledge that, that you have, uh, that it does communicate with you. If she would like to testify, she can take the stand and testify that it's communication with her. I mean, this is getting, a, trying to give latitude. But. Or I can use hearsay. Yeah, I think Moving it comes along. in through here. Stacey's so number 17. Uh, yes. Number 17, yes, 17. Yes, 17. Can you please refer to state's exhibit number 17 and tell us what the content is? Yes, again, once again, it's from uh, Defendant Floyd's page. Um, the content is, so if there is no protective order, here's the 911 call that shows. No threats were made, check. Ruby Freeman wanted them to, all caps, come back and tell her what we could do for her, check. Ruby Freeman set up the meeting at the police station, not me, check. And then all caps, I did nothing wrong, hashtag Fulton County, hashtag fraud. Let's move on to uh, state's exhibit number 18 at this point. Does state's exhibit number 18 show that exact same post you just accounted in state's exhibit number 17? Yes, ma'am, it does. Can you please read underneath that um, particular post from defendant Harrison Floyd what the comment was? The comment underneath the post is from at South 40 me, and it states the whole world knows what she and her daughter did. Absolutely shameful and all caps treason. I'm confused. Is that positive? No, ma'am, that is not a positive comment. Objecting right, and judge, we strike that last response. Whether he thinks it's positive or not, it's commenting the evidence. You're the fact finder. You can determine what. All right, I'll overrule for the purposes of this hearing. State's exhibit number 19. Is that before you, Assistant Chief Hill? Yes, ma'am, it is. Can you read into the record what the content is of state's exhibit number 19? Once again, this is from Defendant Floyd's page. The uh, content is why would my team leak Jenna Ellis and proffer videos? when there is better stuff. For instance, Ruby Freeman's job was the reconciliation of ballots. She wasn't even supposed to be on a scanner. Five exclamation points follows that. Uh, hashtag fraud, hashtag Fulton County, and hashtag uh, G-E-O-R-G for Georgia. And then what is the image that is displayed underneath that? Um, underneath, it's, the, it's an image that captures um, audio um, uh, in this, the, uh, purportedly the voice of Miss uh, Ruby Freeman, captured from the official body cam of the Cobb County Police Department. And I want you to move along to State's Exhibit number 20. Um, the same post that was in State's Exhibit 19 is also displayed in State's Exhibit number 20. Is that correct? Oh, actually. No, ma'am, it's, it's a different post. Let's move on to State's Exhibit number 20. What does State's Exhibit number 20 state? Uh, state's exhibit number 20 um, states, again, it's from the page of Mr. Harrison Floyd. Uh, does this sound like Ruby Freeman is being all caps pressured? Uh, why would DA Fonnie Willis want to hide this from the public? Hashtag fraud, hashtag Fulton County, and hashtag Georgia. Um, and there is an image, and who is the image purported from? Miss Ruby Freeman. And um, is it, again, the body cam video? That's correct. Can you please, or audio, audio. I'm sorry, body cam audio. Can you please state for purposes of the record what the comment is underneath? The comment underneath is from at Gandalf419781. And the comment reads, 
Miss Ruby needs a bodyguard or she's going to get Epstein or Epstein. What does Epstein mean to you? Uh, what it means to me is it refers to Ms. Jeff uh, Mr. Jeffrey Epstein, who was a uh, defendant, rather convicted uh, individual in a uh, sexual assault or sexual of nature um, crimes that he committed years ago. Um, and during the year, I believe August of 2019, um, he was actually um, incarcerated and uh, found hanging from his uh, cell and is now deceased. Okay, so that is that a term you're going to be hung from your cell? Is that the way you read that? The way the way I interpreted. Well, let's clear one thing up. I think we need to have one attorney at a time conducting the hearing. So y'all can choose between yourselves. Uh, we'll move on from this point. All right. And just to rule on the objection, his characterization of it is not going to be definitive, uh, but overruled for the purposes of the record. All right. Do all persons in your um Do most people need bodyguards in your knowledge of the world? I wouldn't say most people, man. How about those threatened? Those threatened, sure. Let's move on to state's exhibit number 21. State's exhibit number 21 before you. Yes, ma'am. What is anything to state's exhibit number 21 um, depict? Um, it depicts the same image and the same um, comments uh, from exhibit 20. And um, what, if anything, does it state? I'm assuming you mean the comment? Um, it, well, first of all, let's read what uh, Mr. the defendant, Mr. Floyd's post states, as well as the image, and then the comment in response. Yes, ma'am. Um, uh, states exhibit 21, it states the comment, excuse me, the post actually states, does this sound like Ruby Freeman is being pressured, all caps? Why would DA Fonnie Willis want to hide from the public? Um, hashtag fraud, hashtag Fulton County, hashtag Georgia. Again, it is the image of audio from the Cobb County uh, uh, PD body cam um, uh, from Miss Ruby Freeman. Um, and then the comment is from a at Miss uh, or at Smoky Mount Mystic. And it uh, states Ruby is going to get virtually slaughtered under cross examination at Trump's trial and Fonnie will face charges herself. And then there's a parenthetical if she's allowed to live till then. So and Ms. Freeman is allowed to live to testify. I'm not certain uh, throughout the course of my investigation of this particular post, I'm not certain if uh, Mr. or Defendant Floyd is referring to Madam District Attorney or if he's referring to Ms. Ruby Freeman. Objection, Your Honor. Neither of these, this comment wasn't made by Mr. Floyd. This comment was made by a third party. To, so to Correct. characterize this as Correct. Mr. Floyd referring to Fanny or Ruby, which is incorrect. I misspoke, Your Honor. Um, I misspoke. We can, we can clarify um, that for the record. So that the record is clear, this is a post in response to Mr. Floyd's post related to Ms. Freeman. That is correct. I misspoke. I meant to say the comment was, I, it was unclear if the comment was referring to Madam District Attorney or. I would live or if she would live. Correct. One of correct. us might not make it. Correct. Correct. And this is in response to this defendant's post. It's in response to defendant Floyd's post. As part of your continued investigation at this time, um, did you have an opportunity to communicate with defense counsel for uh, Jenna Ellis? Correct, I have. And in fact, were you able to determine that those tags effectively communicated with Miss Ellis? I did determine that those tags, in fact, 
certainly communicated with Miss uh, Jenna, Jenna Ellis. Meaning that when she was tagged, that allowed her to see the communication from Mr. Floyd. That's correct. And in fact, in response to that inquiry, um, I'm gonna hand you what has been marked as state's exhibit number 23. Can you read silently to yourself state's exhibit number 23? Have you had an opportunity to do so? Yes, ma'am. And is this a communication from the now previous co-defendant, but now witnessed in this um, case. Yes, ma'am. And was the inquiry made as to both whether these posts communicated with her and whether she was intimidated by them? Yes, ma'am. That's true. Um, and is that, is State's Exhibit number 23 a text message to that effect? Yes, ma'am, it is. Um, Your Honor, at this time, I'm going to ask that State's Exhibit number 23 be admitted into evidence. Your Mr. Morrison, to this is it doesn't have any foundation. It doesn't indicate a time or a date. This is just out of the blue. There's nothing on this that verifies this. This is just rank hearsay. I asked the court if it admits it to give it the little weight that it would deserve. So I don't have a copy of any of these exhibits, so I can't really speak to what's on it or what is not. But if there's any more you want to lay, and then we can revisit the objection. So. What I've put in state's exhibit number 23, how did you receive that? So uh, the contact that you just referenced uh, with defense counsel for Ms. Uh, Jenna Ellis was with Mr. Mike Melito. Um, I contacted Mr. Melito. I asked him the questions that you just, um, that you just mentioned about whether or not uh, Ms. Jenna Ellis was communicated with by virtue of these tags or, and if she felt threatened or harassed by these, uh, by these communications. And this is the uh, response that Ms. Ellis provided to her counsel and her counsel provided to me. And did he also state this to you verbally as well? He also stated this, he read the, uh, actually read this out to me, yes. He so he, you received it through him verbally telling it to you and then he memorialized it via this text message. That's correct. And um, for purposes of the record, was this um, sent to where? It was sent to my uh, Fulton County uh, issued uh, uh, cellular device. Do you have that with you? I do. Can, do you have it on you now? I think I left it. Okay. Let me ask you this. At approximately what time did you receive that? To the, may I approach? Thank you. Will you take a moment and uh, open up the message? Yes. And um, at what time did you what day did you receive that, though, so that we're clear for the record uh, today, Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. And at what time uh, to this morning at 1059 a.m. And um, this was again, he spoke this to you verbally. Yes, ma'am. That's correct. And then memorialized it. Yes, ma'am. That's correct. Your Honor, at this time, I would ask that State's Exhibit Number 23 be admitted for purposes of this hearing only, and that um, he be allowed to re read it into the record and that it be admitted. All right, Mr. Morrison, you renew your objection on authentication. No, you're right. All right, uh, Exhibit 23 is admitted. Can you please read it for purposes of the record? Uh, so, in the message, Ms. Jenna Ellis states, "I saw it a couple days after it was posted. Yes, I believe it was meant to both intimidate and harass me." and also encourage others to harass me, which others have done in the comments and separate posts following this post and Floyd's comments about me on media. Um, and then there's uh, in the parentheses, which the DA references in their pleading. One moment, Your Honor. 
Uh, moving to another line of questioning. Um, in your investigation on Mr. Floyd, does he have other names that you're aware of? Uh, yes, Willie Lewis uh, Floyd III is another alias for Mr. Harrison Floyd. Does he also have in your investigation other open criminal charges? Yes, ma'am, he does. Uh, in particular, federal federal charge um, for simple assault against two um, federal officers. All right. Another yeah. further this. specifically, that's not a, a matter that was raised in the in your motion to revoke the bond. Bringing it up here and now, that's the basis upon which they asked the court to rule would deny my client procedural due process by springing it to him on him in the middle of this hearing. All right. Well, Mr. Morrison, if that's a line of argument that you think you need more time to respond to and you need to articulate how that extra time uh, you need, you can do that and we'll go from there. All right. Uh, I think it's uh, Mr. Hills uh, for cross-examination. You said that you're not familiar with social media. No, that's sir. Right. No, that's not correct. Well, you're not very familiar. You don't use social media. In my personal life, no, I do not. Understand. Now, you said that these are direct communications. Is I believe how you characterize that. Is that correct? May I approach, Your Honor? You may. I'm going to hand you what's labeled as Exhibit B for the defense. Are you familiar with this? Um, yes, uh, I'm familiar, but you just said that I characterized something as direct communications and I didn't, that's, I didn't say that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know well, where you, I don't know where you got that from. All right. So perhaps you didn't, perhaps it was the motion of the state, but there is a mechanism in Twitter or now what's called X for direct communications, direct messaging. Isn't that correct? Sure. Okay. And this is an example of how one would use that app to directly communicate with someone should they choose to do so. It appears if you want to send someone a message similar to an email or a text, you could do so via uh, X or Twitter. Okay, were any of these, what you call messages conveyed in that manner? I'm sorry, I don't understand your question. Or was this messaging, this direct messaging used by Mr. Floyd to convey messages to any of these witnesses or co-defendants? I don't have any evidence of that, no. Is the answer no? I don't have any evidence of that. Okay. So you may have, I don't have any evidence of that. Okay. So you can't say that they did. I can't say that he did. In fact, all of the messages and ex exhibits to which you referred to, that isn't the mechanism by which you contend a message was sent to any of these people, is it? I'm sorry, I don't understand your question, sir. Okay. The message, the, the mechanism by which you say Mr. Floyd communicated with people yes. was by putting the ampersand in front of their tag. Correct. Isn't that really how you reference people? Well, in the instance of what we're discussing today, that's how he referenced and how he communicated with people. Well, I mean, when you reference someone, what does that trigger? What happens? I'm going to put an ampersand in front of someone. Do they get a 
an email with the message contained inside? So one of the witnesses in this case, um, and I think this will answer your question, one of the witnesses in this case, when I spoke to him about the um, one of the at uh, symbols or or when he added them on uh, or on X, um, it was conveyed to me that uh, although he did not get the instant notification because he does not have that setting on his cellular device, uh, once he looked at his notifications via his Twitter or X, um, however you want to reference it, um, he did see all of the ads that Mr. Floyd continuously uh, um, utilized. I noticed that you, when you look at Exhibit 12, do you have those exhibits in front of you? Yes, sir, I do. Okay. This is referencing, and it's repost, it looks like it's 11 seconds long. What is this? Where did this footage come from? Um, as I mentioned earlier, this is the uh, body cam footage from the Cobb County Police Department uh, evidence in this case um, of Ms. Ruby Freeman um, at her home. Well, this is in public domain, isn't it? Well, I'm, can I mean, you, this, can you, yeah, can you ask your question again? have been released to the public. Some of these videos I have seen in uh, public articles and news media, I have. Or are there any of them that you haven't? Or are there any of these that you could say are not in public domain? None of the videos that we've um, observed today, no, sir. So they're all public domain as far as your, to your best knowledge and belief, correct? Sure. Okay. And so when he posted something on his account and referenced it, he was conveying his opinion. No, I don't, I can't, I think you're asking me to speak to the mind of Mr. or Defendant Floyd. I, I don't know what he was trying to convey. Well, I, I see here, for instance, on number 12, State's Exhibit 12, where it says an ugly comment by Leonard Fulford. Who's Leonard Fulford? Um, I wouldn't know. Perhaps Defendant Floyd does. I don't know. Did you ask Mr. Floyd if he knew who he was? I haven't spoken to you or the defendant in this case. And so, in other words, as far as you, he may know, but he may not know, correct? I don't know, sir. Okay. Sure, sure client. Well, I understand. But you're complaining about this comment Objection by... Objection to the characterization. The state of Georgia through District Attorney Willis complains <laughs> of the conduct of Mr. Floyd that led to harassment of these witnesses, not Assistant Chief Michael Hill. Objection. <laughs> All right, so Mr. Morrison... What would be your response to that? Or do you want to rephrase? I'll rephrase your All right. Specifically on Exhibit 12, there's a comment at the bottom that you were asked to, to highlight and yes, to speak sir. on. Correct. And it was made by Leonard Fulford. Okay. And you have no knowledge that Mr. Floyd had anything to do with that comment, do you? No knowledge, sir. Likewise, on the bottom of State's Exhibit 13, there's a Debbie J, which says brunettes are great. At brunettes are great. Mm -hmm. Made an ugly, I'll call it an ugly comment. Yes, sir. You don't have any information or knowledge or belief that Mr. Floyd had anything to do with that comment being made, do you? If you're asking me if he, if Mr. Floyd had anything to do with the comment being made, the comment was made under the post of Mr. Floyd. So I would say, if you're asking me, he did have something to do with that comment being made. How else would that comment appear under his post if he hadn't have made it? Did he make the comment? Did he make the ugly comment that you just referred to? Right. Um, apparently, it comes from Debbie J at Brunettes Are Great. Do you know who Debbie J is? I Objection don't. Objection asked and answered. No, that was with regard to Mr. Leonard, I believe. I, I don't recall that one. Why don't we get 
get through it. So you can re-ask the question. Do you know who Debbie J is? No, sir, I don't. Okay. Do you know if he knows who she is, Mr. Floyd? I don't have that information. Okay. Likewise, on exhibit 14, there's a MSTSH80. Do you know who that is? No, sir, I don't know who that is. Do you know if Mr. Floyd knows who that is? I wouldn't know, sir. Okay. Do you have any information that? Okay, let's go to 15. Justine made a comment. Yes, sir. And do you have any information that Mr. Floyd knows who Justine is? Uh, same answer. No, I don't. Okay. Or Cindy P on exhibit 16. I'm sorry, what's the question? Or, or I said, with regard to exhibit 16, Cindy P. With regards to Cindy P, does Mr. Floyd knows who she is? Right. I wouldn't know that information. And for all you know, these are just people who are expressing their opinions based on his post. And he has no control over these people, as far as you know, does he? Does he have control over these people? As right. far as I know, I have no knowledge, no. Okay. And he has no control over what they say or don't say or what their comments are, does he? I don't have that. I, I don't know either way. I don't okay. know what control he has over these individuals or if he has no control or if he does. Now, I noticed on one of your exhibits, I think maybe it was number 11. Let me see if I can find it. One moment, Your Honor. I've got these out of order. I'm specifically looking for the exhibit. Where Mr. Floyd talks about. Let me find it here. Please, Your Honor. One where he says black American Dems want the black Trump guy to tell on the racist white Republicans only if it's President Trump. Oh well. Are you familiar with? Do you have that exhibit? Can you? I, I am familiar with that, but I do not have that exhibit in front of me, sir. The state put it in its motion. Or have you read the state's motion? Yes, sir. I have. Yeah. Let me show you this okay. right here. And I'm going to just label this exhibit C for now. Do you recognize this post here at the top? Yes, sir, I do. I do recognize that. I noticed post. that this portion here at the bottom is a comment. Is that true? The portion, which portion right here? Yes. Yeah. That wasn't in the state's motion. Could you tell us what that said? Are you asking for this from Brooklyn Flowers? To yes. The oh, yeah. So the comment under Mr. or Defendant Floyd's post, Black American Dems want the Black Trump guy to tell me to tell on the racist white Republicans, but only if it's President Trump, LOL. 
look, the truth is that at Georgia Secretary of State and at Gabriel Sterling are the pieces of uh, fecal emoji uh, you should be mad at. Uh, make elections fair again, hashtag fraud, hashtag Fulton. And then there's a comment from Brooklyn, uh, Fl Brooklyn Flowers that states, you're in all caps broke and going to waste more money putting forth this e all caps election lie. Uh, we want we can't wait to all caps lock you up here in Georgia as if those five days you spent in Fulton jail wasn't enough. And then there's an image that says um, warning coon fused Negro alert. Coon spelled C-O-O-N, correct? Yeah, that's oh, correct. The beginning of the fused. Yeah. So an intentional misspelling of the word confused. Yeah, sure. Are you aware that this is actually what Mr. Floyd is responding to is a comment? That's not a comment that's in response to his post. That's making him, that's him posting a response to this message he received. Were you aware of that? No, I'm not aware of that. Understand. I'm not aware of that. Thank you. Yeah. No, sir. Okay. Now, if I look through these comments, he makes a comment, for instance, in exhibit 19. Next comment, he says, Why would you? Jenna Ellis and proper videos when there's better stuff. For instance, Ruby Freeman's job was the reconciliation of balance. She wasn't even supposed to be on a scanner. You're, you're familiar with that? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you contend that has something to do with the allegations against Mr. Floyd? I'm sorry, what's your, do I contend that, ask the question. That him talking about what Ms. Freeman's job. Stipulate that that goes to the facts of the case, if that's what he's looking for, we'll stipulate to it. No, I believe it doesn't go to the facts of the case. All right, so the stipulation is rejected. Mr. Morrison, you can ask your question. Isn't it true that this is just speaking about what her job was or wasn't and what he could release? In other words, that he didn't release the proffers. Yes, sir. That's correct. In fact, there's a lot of these where he's talking on the 13th and the 14th about the proffers that were made. And that he's upset that his team has been accused of or he has been accused of, quote unquote, leaking these proffers. And he denies it. Is that true? Yes, yeah, sir. That's true. And do you believe that there's anything in the bond conditions that prohibits him from defending his good name? I wouldn't say that there is. Now, likewise, I noticed this exhibit 23 that you put together and how it says, I saw it a couple of days after it was posted. Yes, sir. Is she referring to Mr. Floyd's comment about her accepting money for her defense and then really not needing a defense because she entered a plea. 
one second. Uh, yes, correct. So states, the, states exhibit 10. That's what, what she's referring to. What was the date of that, that comment? The date of the comment was November the 13th, 2023 at uh, 6.49 p.m. Okay, and this says, I saw it a couple of days after it was posted. What was the date of exhibit 23? Uh, the date of exhibit 23? Yes. Are you asking? She sent, is this a text message in exhibit 23? Oh, when, when, when was this communication received? Today? Yes. Today. This morning. Today. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. 10.59 a.m. Okay, I didn't catch that. Yes, sir. November 21st, today. And this is after you've asked her to text you something. Is that correct? So I spoke with, I didn't speak with Ms. Ellis. I spoke with her counsel, Mr. Mike Melito. He spoke with his client regarding the uh, post for Mr. Floyd, um, dated November the 13th. And um, that was her response regarding her viewing that post when that was her response her. to whom that was her response to her counsel so this is hearsay on hearsay correct she spoke to counsel counsel spoke to you and now you speak to the court i mean True? that's typically how it goes in criminal investigations and folks that are represented by attorneys you would speak to their counsel uh, to obtain any information that you need from that individual Although hearsay, we understand, is admissible in a bond hearing, that this would not be admissible in a regular court proceeding, Objection correct? Relevance. Mr. Morrison, I think you made your point. Let's you. keep going. Okay. Isn't it true that none of Mr. Floyd's posts contain any threats of violence? No, I wouldn't say that any of his direct comments contain any threats of violence. Okay. Is there anything in his comments that show he's trying to get witnesses to, to that he's trying to collude with witnesses to change or alter their testimony? I believe you're asking me to somehow enter the mind of defendant Floyd and trying to figure out what he's trying to do. No, I'm asking um, you about the content of mm -hmm. the post. Is right. there anything in there right. that you see right. that indicates he is, at, if you were one of these people? So my response to that is, I, I believe you're trying to ask me about the mind of defendant Floyd and what I'm he's not. trying to do. And my response to that is, um, I can't tell you what he's trying to do to these individuals that have been identified as witnesses in the case, but I can tell you that he is certainly communicating with these individuals and um, you know what effect that may have upon their testimony, what effect that may have upon them feeling harassed, threatened, or intimidated, um, I believe is up to those individuals. And, um, and at, as you saw in States Exhibit 23, that's how witness Jenna Ellis felt by virtue of Mr. Floyd's communications to her. Well, you're the one who solicited this response from Mrs. Ellis, correct? I mean, she didn't reach out to you and say, hey, I saw this communication and I feel intimidated, did she? No, she didn't. But I would, I would imagine she may reach out to maybe law enforcement and where she resides or something of that nature. But uh, I'm not asking you. But no, me. she didn't. Yeah, she didn't reach out to me to tell me that she felt threatened or harassed or intimidated. This was her response when asked. 
understand, and you've not received any communications from anyone else that you brought to this court showing that anyone was intimidated or felt harassed or in pushed to collude or change their testimony, has it? I believe the other witnesses that are testified today may be able to speak to that. Okay. Well, I'm asking you. Have I received any other information about witnesses feeling intimidated or harassed? Is that the question? I I'll move on. Let's see here. At any point in time, were you asked to contact any of the attorneys on Mr. Floyd's defense team and say, look, he's making posts that we don't like? No, sir, I was not asked. Okay. Were you aware of anyone who thought that they were a problem and they needed to be addressed and sought to address them with his defense team? Was I aware of anyone that, I'm sorry, ask that question again. I'm yes, sorry. I didn't sure. Understand. I mean, here, here's the thing. These comments that have been brought before the court. Yes, sir. At any time, were they brought to the attention of Mr. Floyd or his defense team and said, look, there's a problem here. Well, Mr. Floyd made the comments, so he, he was very much aware of the comments being made. My question is, is there anyone who made his defense team or him aware that they these comments were a problem in the eyes of the state. Oh, I'm not aware of anyone that reached out to you to say, hey, this is a problem, if that's your question. Right, or to anyone else on the defense team. No, sir, not that I'm aware of. And in none of, in any of these comments, he never asked for a response from anyone, did he? So in state's exhibit number six, this is to answer your question, Mr. Floyd says, passing this along to Georgia Secretary of State and Gabriel Sterling. So he's addressing them, he's communicating with them. And then he asks the question, should they be more concerned about interfering in elections, perjury before Congress, lying to DA Fonnie Willis or all the above? And so you're asking, you know, is he asking something of someone? I mean, he's asking a question there, but again, I'm not in the mind of Mr. Floyd. So I don't know if he's asking that question to them or if he's just posing the question. I just know that he's communicating with these individuals well, and he's making these comments. Again, you say he's communicating with these individuals. Yes, sir. In fact, when I asked you this question earlier, sure. he's not communicating, he's referencing these people. When you put the ampersand in front of someone's handle, that's a reference to that person so that other viewers may know who you're talking about. Right? as opposed to sending a direct message. So, so perhaps I should answer it this way. I disagree with you in your categorization of that. He's communicating with these folks individually. And the way that I know that is that Mr. Gabriel Sterling, in fact, stated that when he was added, when that communication was made by Mr. Floyd, when he opened his cellular device, he went into his X app or formerly known as Twitter, and he viewed all of the ads that came from Mr. Floyd. So in my mind, and I believe in, well, in my mind, that's communicating with. So when someone 
has the ampersand put in front of their handle, it simply sends them a notice that there is that they were referenced, correct? Mr. Sterling was put on notice by Mr. Floyd, defendant Floyd, that he's communicated with him or he's added him, he's made a comment about him. Or that he's referenced him. You can say that too. But I but I I categorize it, I categorize it as being as communicating with. Yeah. Often using the ampersand is a way of referencing people for others to know who you're talking about. And to likewise let someone know that you've talked about them. Objection asked and answered. All right. And I also think we're I'll cover this after we're done with Mr. Hill, but I do think we're covering things that could very well be taken care of through argument or proffer. And in the interest of finishing today, I think we should refocus on that. Yeah, sure. Willie Lewis, are you you referenced Willie Lewis? Hmm? Do you know who Willie Lewis is? Willie Lewis Floyd the Third is a um, an alias for Mr. Harrison Floyd. You're not aware that that's his father. You know, I did see a, another Willie Lewis Floyd that does not have the third at the end, and I always thought that was his father. So you just confirmed that for me. Yeah, I thought that was his dad. So, so when you say that Willie Lewis the Third is Mr. Floyd, you may have been incorrect, correct? No, I'm absolutely correct, because I'm talking about Willie Lewis III, that's also uh, the name on Mr. Floyd's, uh, defendant Floyd's uh, North Carolina driver's license, I believe. Did anyone from the Secretary of State or Mr. Sterling contact your office at the time these posts were made? No, sir, not that I'm aware of. Thank you. Redirect, Your Honor. Well, I think we're going to start at the end. One of the questions on cross-examination was, um, uh, did the defendant communicate with, um, did he ask for responses from um, people? I'm handing you again what's marked as state's exhibit number 12. And for brevity's sake, um, the last sentence by Mr. Floyd in state's exhibit 12, what does it say? The last sen uh, sentence states, I'll wait for you to get your emoji popcorn. Okay. And then also here in um, state's exhibit number eight, in the, we'll call it the second sentence here, does he uh, request a response? What does he state? Look, the truth is that at G Georgia Secretary of State and, and at Gabriel Sterling are the pieces of poop you should be mad at. Okay. How they should correct? Correct. Um, also, I want to correct the record. I'm marking in State's Exhibit 27 the defense's motion, um, and specifically page 27 of the defense's motion that they filed. Um, is state's exhibit 27 would already be part of the court's record at number um page number seven i'm going to ask that without it be objection. admitted at this time i'm sorry without objection you're right okay thank you um mr the defense attorney asked you when you were on cross-examination how these posts came and there was um and i would call a, a racial appetite against mr floyd but he asked you how did it come was it not in direct response to mr floyd's post was the, the comment that came that he referenced, uh, was it indirect response to Mr. Floyd's post? When you're now looking at it as it is displayed by yes. the defendant in the defendant's motion. Yes, yes. Your Honor, I'm... That's correct. 
I'm now showing you what I've recently marked as state's exhibit number 26. State's exhibit number 26 is the actual bond, um, consent bond order in this case. Do you recognize it to be that? I do, ma'am. Is it part of the court? You, they'll stipulate it. I'm asking that it be admitted. I'd like you to um, read into the court record what pro provision number five says. Provision number five reads, the defendant shall perform no act to intimidate any person known to him to be a co-defendant or witness in this case, or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. What was the status of Janice Ellis? She initially. was, initially she was one of the 19 uh, defendants in this case, and she is now a state's witness. Okay, so she was initially a co-defendant, correct? Correct. correct. Um, what is the status of Gabriel Ellis, in, excuse me, Gabriel Sterling in this case? He is a witness in, uh, a witness in this case. And, um, Mr. Miss Ruby Freeman being listed 40 times. Um, what in fact is her status? She is a witness. All right. Number six, can you please read into the record? Um, first of all, the whole provision of provision six. Provision six. The I'm sorry to interject. The document speaks for itself. I mean, well, Your Honor, I would ask that he had him on direct. I now have him on, I mean, excuse me, on cross. I would like to make some brief points. She has redirect, I understand, but I mean, for him to sit here. No, I, I, I take your point, Mr. Kasharov. If we could just refrain from reading things that are already part of the record, and if there's an additional follow-up, we'll just get to that part. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you to state number six, because I want to point out some words to number six. So if you'll read it in its context, and then if you'll tell the court one. Six, seven, eight, ten. What is the eleventh word? Please read number six, and then tell me what the eleventh word in provision number six is. Okay. So the provision is the defendant shall not communicate in any way, directly or indirectly, about the facts of this case with any person known to him or her to be a co-defendant in this case, except through his his or her counsel. And the the numbered word that you wanted to emphasize was indirectly. Indirectly communicate. Indirectly, correct. Okay, let's read number seven. Can you please read a paragraph number seven? Also word number 11. Can you uh, read the whole thing? Yes, ma'am. So seven, the defendant shall not communicate in any way directly or indirectly about the facts of this case with any person known to him or her to be a witness in this case, except through his or her counsel. And the word that you emphasized was indirectly. And is this bond order in fact entered with Harrison William Prescott Floyd? That's correct. And signed and agreed to upon by both the state and defense counsel? That's correct. Who signed this order? Uh, counsel for the defendant. And who signed the order from the court? Um, the Honorable uh, Scott McAfee. Did you have an opportunity to review how many times the posts against Ruby Freeman were viewed? Yes, I did. How many? Nearly half a million times. I think the uh, approximate number is 466,000. And in your uh, investigations, have you had the opportunity? This is beyond the scope of direct and cross-examination. And the line of questioning is the reach of these posts, is it right? All right. We'll, uh, we can open up that line. I think it's relevant. And um, in investigations, I know you said you did not personally have a social media due to your line of work, but have you had the opportunity to investigate social media posts? Yes. And it is, the, is it the culture of social media when one posts, people respond? That's correct. 
One moment, Your Honor. Nothing further from the state. All right, recross. So you researched Ruby Freeman's uh, Twitter account, is that correct? Or X account, is that what you're saying? Miss Ruby Freeman, uh, I'm not aware if she has an X account. I don't believe she does. So she didn't even have an, an account on this social media platform? Not that I'm aware of, sir. Okay. And you said her name was referenced how many times? No, sir. Uh, the question was, was how many times was um, the post in which Mr. Defendant Floyd references Miss Ruby Freeman? How many views did those, uh, did those posts um, obtain? And the answer to that is nearly half a million, 466,000. Okay. That's the answer to that. And likewise, Jen Ellis has how many followers? Uh, one million, I believe. Over a million, correct? Yeah. Now you said that Gabriel Sterling's gonna be a witness as well as Ruby Freeman. Yes, sir, they're on the witness list, okay. yes. Uh, witness list? Yes, sir. Have you turned over that witness list to us? I'm not sure of that. I believe you should have that witness list. I'm not sure of that. Would you be surprised to learn that we don't have a witness list? Yeah, I'd be surprised to know that. Okay. And likewise, let's see. One moment. Where did you get that half million figure from? Simple math. Just uh, looked at the viewership from each uh, each post that Mr. Floyd references Ms. Ruby Freeman. There's a little number at the bottom. Uh, for example, if you look, uh, let's just look at State's Exhibit Number Six. If you look at the bottom, it, it'll have the number of views. And so if you just simply look at all the posts in which Mr. Floyd references Ms. Ruby Freeman, there's several, several thousand views on many of those posts. And when you uh, add them all up, when you calculate them, it adds up to about approximately 466. And that depends on when you copied it, correct? Say again, sir? Does that depend on when you copied it? When you say copy, do you mean right. when, when, you, it, when it was viewed, when I last saw the number? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's probably more now. Okay. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, this whole motion brought by the state and the attention drawn to Mr. Floyd may have amplified every one of those views of those posts, correct? Possible. I mean, I wouldn't know the answer, possibly. Understand. Your Honor, just very briefly, if I may. All right, very briefly. I've, we've already admitted into uh, the record 27, which is part of the record anyway, the bond motion. Um, I'm on page three of the defense's motion at the second paragraph, one, two, three, four, five, six. Review that to yourself. And uh, will you state what word does the defense refer to Ms. Freeman as? So in this, uh, in this document, uh, Defendant Floyd's counsel refers to Ms. Ruby Freeman um, at that line um, as a favorable witness. She is a favorable witness. They recognize in their own motion, although they claim they're not witnesses, 
that she is in fact the witness. Judge, we never said she wasn't witness. Sorry. I, I, I think that's accurate. I'm not sure right. what the point is here, where we're going with, but Ms. Wells, what's our next point here? <coughs> what's, what's our next line of inquiry here? Um, the, in page eight, how do they refer to Ms. Jenna Ellis? Uh, Ms. Jenna Ellis is referred to as a witness. Now so they witness. acknowledge them as witnesses, correct? That's correct. All right, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Hill, thank you. Investigator Hill, uh, just to clean up the record, I think state tendered a exhibit 20. Obviously we got state exhibits one through 21 that were admitted. Then there was a 23, which was Ms. Ellis's response. I don't know if that was formally admitted. Was there a 22? There is, there is going to be a 22. It was pre-marked, so not at this time. Were there other state's exhibits tendered? 26 and 27. 26, all right. And those were, I think, admitted without objection, if I recall. Well, since I referenced uh, an exhibit B and C, does the- The state has no objection to that. I mean, I think one of them was just the uh, response, which is already in the it, record. It I don't think- But number B, letter B, exhibit okay. B, Your Honor, is an exhibit which specifically shows, I'll, I'll grab it here. Okay, and so if we'll just need um, digital copies of those provided, and we'll have those for the court reporter. Now, okay, just to make sure the court has sure. Uh, just a moment before we do that, I just wanted to inquire, just so we are staying on track here. I know the state had mentioned there are two more witnesses. Uh, did the defense intend to call any witnesses today? I don't know yet, Judge. I want to see what they have put on. Okay, but there's a possibility that one, two. What is the ceiling of defense witnesses that could possibly be called? Okay, thank you. So potentially we have three more witnesses to get through and we took about, well, two from the state and one from the defense. And we've got an hour and a half that we just spent on the first one. So in order for us to finish today, which is the goal, uh, I think there were a lot of things there throughout that first direct that maybe would be more appropriate for a jury. And I'll just note that I've, I'm very familiar with the record and I've read the responses and I don't need quite as much handholding. So there's a lot that I think could just be argued and proffered. And if there's an objection to the proffer, you can make that objection. But in terms of how Twitter works or what the bond order says or who signed it, I promise you that I know that. So with that, I would ask, and I might be a little more uh, willing to step in here if we can't stick to that. It's a state and calls next witness. We will, Your Honor. We don't expect either of these to be as long. All right. Uh, we shall call at this time, um, Mr. Gabriel Sterling. Well, from today's 
Robert Gabriel Sterling, R-O-B-E-R-T-G-A-B-R-I-E-L-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G. Good afternoon, Mr. Sterling. Um, where are you employed? Uh, the Office of Georgia Secretary of State. All right. And um, have you had an opportunity to, did you have an opportunity to testify at the special purpose grand jury? Yes, ma'am. matter that brings us here today? Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm going to show you a couple of exhibits that have already been admitted into evidence. I'm going to ask you some very brief questions on them. Are you familiar with state's exhibit number two? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And just for purposes of the record, um, if someone tags you at gabrielsterling.org, do you in fact receive those? If they tag you um, here, then I'll go back and ask about that. Uh, GabrielSterling.org is my old website. I think you're asking I'm about I'm sorry, my, at Gabriel yeah. Sterling, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and also, uh, if someone tags at Georgia Secretary of State, is that something that a member of the Secretary of State's office to include you would receive? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And moving on to State's Exhibit Number 7, um, have you, in fact, seen this post? State's Exhibit Number 7? Yes, ma'am. And um, is that because you were tagged at Gabriel Sterling? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Moving on to state's exhibit number nine. Um, are you familiar with state's exhibit nine? Yes, ma'am. And is that because it was tagged at Georgia Secretary of State? Yes, ma'am. Is that what allowed these, are these tags what allowed these messages to communicate with you? When you're tagged, it shows up in your feed of items that mention you, so yes. Okay, and then finally, the last one, State's Exhibit Number Eight. Um, are you familiar with State's Exhibit Number Eight? Yes, ma'am. And is that again because you were tagged both at Georgia Secretary of State and at Gab Gab Gabriel Sterling? Yes, ma'am. Um, and um, do you enjoy be being called a piece of fecal matter? No, ma'am. Are you a witness in this matter? Yes, ma'am. My witness? Yes. Thank you. Mr. Sterling, you're not a fan of Donald Trump, are you? Objection, relevance. Goes to bias. Bias against Mr. Florida. All right. We'll uh, give you a little leeway on this, Mr. Katron. You know, Mr. Floyd is a Trump supporter, don't you? Yes. Uh, by the way, the state reached out to you about these posts, didn't they? Yes, sir. And they asked you to come in and testify about this. They subpoenaed me, yes. They subpoenaed you to come here? Yes. These posts aren't threatening to you. They may not be nice, but they're not threatening and intimidating to you, are they? It's par for the course when you're in a public figure. So you are a public figure? Yes, sir. When you're tagged, the ampersand you said shows up in your feed. Yes, sir. That is a, a mention of who you are, correct? The way it works is essentially when you go to your, for people who don't know Twitter or X, you'll have notification in the bottom part saying if there's a little bell, basically, if something mentioned your name or anything that you follow, you'll have a little red number in there to show you the new things that have happened since the last time you were there. And then you would go to that and you would see things where you were tagged in. Yes, sir. Okay. I don't know if you have states exhibit seven in front of you. I have nothing in front of me, sir. Your Honor, may I approach briefly? Showing you state seven. 
where Mr. Floyd says we want the truth, it's accountability time, unseal the ballots. Are you aware of other cases where the ballots are sealed? There is a matter in Fulton County, yes, sir. Actually, it's being done in front of a Henry County judge if memory serves. So that post could be talking about that case. I don't know what Mr. Floyd said, sir. Right. We, we don't know what case this is referring to, do we? Not particularly, no, sir. May I have it back? Yes, sir. Are you also, you have approximately 67,000 followers on your account? 70,600. 70,600. How many direct messages do you get a day? Uh, it varies. Rough estimate? Uh, I feel more like the week. I get three or four a week, maybe, depending. Like right now, I'm going back and forth with a gentleman about something going on in licensing. Okay. And then how many times a day are you tagged? on posts. I have no way of knowing that, sir. A lot. It's it's common, yes, sir. And it's common that you might miss you're not you're not paying attention to your notification section every single post that goes through there, are you? When I'm tagged, I generally will go take a look at it, yes, sir. But I mean it's not so overwhelming that I can't, but I don't look at it every day or every hour now. And if you were threatened or intimidated, would you contact law enforcement? If I thought something rose to that level, I would contact law enforcement. And you didn't contact law enforcement in this case. No, sir. Your Honor, I have nothing further. Any redirect? Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, Mr. Sterling. Thank you. Uh, can this witness be excused from a subpoena? Uh, I'm sorry? Bond DeVos. Can you spell that for the record? D-U-B-O-S-E, but we're going to let him spell it as well just okay. to make sure the state got it right. All right. This is our final witness. <clears throat> Adam Prosecutor, who is the next witness? Vaughn the boy. Vaughn? Is that law enforcement? Is that a witness? Thank you. From this hearing. I do. My name is Vaughn Dubose, V O N D U B O S E. And um, Mr. Dubose, will you please tell the um, for purposes of the record, would you state what your profession is? I'm an attorney. Um, and do you, in fact, practice in this jurisdiction as well as others? Yes. Um, do you have a client that is a witness in this case? I do. Can you please state for purposes of the record what your client's name is? Ruby Freeman. Um, I am going to hand you what has been marked as state's exhibit number 22. <clears throat> Tell me what state's exhibit number 22 uh, represents. Yes, I can. Can you tell us, please? 
Yes, it's a uh, threat level report uh, that we have a third party vendor uh, who will monitor online activity regarding potential threats for Ms. Freeman and her daughter and their family. Why do you have a threat monitoring report that relates to um, Ms. Freeman and her daughter? And what is her daughter's name for purposes of the record? Her daughter is Shay Moss. Um, you also represent Ms. Moss? I do. Is Ms. Moss a witness in this matter? Yes, to my understanding. Um, and in fact, have you accompanied them to proceedings um, in this matter? I have. Um, why did you hire this company to do threat assessment on your two clients? Is that something you do for every client you have? No. Why did you find it necessary to do for this particular client? Well, just the, the, the level of threats since all of this began for uh, Ruby and Shay have been quite high. She's been listed on death lists. Um, she's been told that she needs to leave her house by the FBI. So we just need to keep an eye on what's out there, whether there are any spikes or flashes in the threat level. So this company has been retained to do that. And in fact, the threat levels at one point prior to this matter were so high, she had to relocate from her home. Absolutely. Um, and that was on the recommendation of the FBI. Yes, it was. Um, prior to the state contacting you, were uh, you made aware of some comments by a defendant in this case on social media? Yes, I was. Um, what defendant were you aware of making comments as it related to your client, Ms. Freeman, prior to the state ever contacting you? Mr. Harrison Floyd. How is it that you became aware that Ms. Mr. Floyd, the defendant in this matter, uh, was making comments about your client? Well, a, a couple of uh, my co-counsel uh, informed me uh, that there were some comments being made and that we needed to huddle together and have a, um, uh, a session to assess what was going on and to determine whether there were anything, any measures that needed to be taken uh, by us or by Ms. Freeman and Ms. Moss. To keep them safe. To keep them safe, absolutely. And in fact, as a result of these comments made by Mr. Floyd in relationship to this matter, um, did you call what you referred to, to me as a spike? Yes. Can you educate the court as you educated me as to what a spike is and why that may cause you some concern as well as the other team that represents her? Sure, so a spike is simply a time at which online activity regarding Ms. Freeman and her name is mentioned uh, at a particular time and you can tie spikes in this report to actual posts and, and things of that nature. So uh, I believe this is the report that tied um, a particular spike in act online activity to uh, the tweets from Mr. Floyd. Uh, and traditionally, as these things go in this case and with Ms. Freeman, this is the beginning of potential threats. So that got our attention. We were very concerned about that and we, we wanted to make sure we addressed it appropriately. And so I don't want you to get into security precautions sure. you took, but were in fact some precautions taken as a result of this? Yes. One moment. No further questions. Um, Your Honor, at this time, I'd ask that State's Exhibit 22 be admitted into evidence. Subject to cross. Yeah. State's Exhibit 22, you need to clarify some things before it's entry. All right, well, let's start with that. Okay. 
This is the report that you had put together. The report is generated periodically. Who is Protect Democracy? Protect Democracy is a not-for-profit. And so they're the ones that are generating this report? No. Why, is, why are they on here? Are you Jensen Hughes? Is that your firm? No. Where's, who's, who's, why is Protect Democracy here for the date of November 15th, 2020? Protect Democracy is counsel to Ms. Freeman and Ms. Moss. Oh, they're also an attorney? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't know, just asking. Yes. So this isn't, this report, all these pages, this isn't all just Harrison Floyd, is it? Not to my knowledge. Right, it's other people like the Gateway Pundit, correct? I think they mentioned, yeah. All these posts, all these videos, they're in the public domain, are they not? What posts? These videos of Miss Freeman at the Cobb County Station. I don't know if all of them are or not. I can't. So you, you have no idea whether these things are on, in the public domain already? When you say these things, what are you referring to? Oh, I'm sorry. Miss Ruby Freeman's videos of her in the Cobb County uh, Police Station being on body cam uh, that night of January the 4th or 5th, 2021. Okay. And I'm, I'm having trouble kind of understanding which particular videos you're talking about. It's hard. All the, all the Cobb County, me, all the Cobb County police videos. I don't know that for sure. I don't know if they're all in the public domain. You're her attorney, right? Yes. Charged with protecting her. I'm sorry. Charged with protecting her. I'm charged with representing her as counsel. So you're representing her as counsel and you haven't researched what's out in the public domain about her? That's not accurate. Well, you don't know whether any of the Cobb County videos are in the public domain, right? Objection. That's not All right. And also, Mr. Katrov, I think the focus here was supposed to be the admissibility of State's Exhibit 22. That's the yeah, pending sorry, question. So, so this also includes other people apart from uh, Harrison Floyd, does it not? Like the Gateway Pundit. The state will stipulate that he is correct that it is. All right. And again, I think you're getting into argument concerning the document, not necessarily its authenticity. Uh, not, I'm not going to authenticity, but actually to relevance because they're putting this in for stats in the spike, but they've included not just Harrison Floyd, but influencers on social media that have millions sure. of followers. And I think that goes to its weight, not its admissibility. So I'll, I'll admit 22 over objection and you can go from there. Okay. Miss Ruby's address is private, correct? Yes. Phone number is private, correct? When you say private, do you mean? It's not out in public. Uh, well, her address has been out in public, her previous address. And have you spoken to her in the past few days? Yes. About this issue? Yes. And did she call the police about this issue? Ms. Freeman also has a lawsuit against the Gateway Pundit, does she not? That's correct. And so this report was generated for that lawsuit? No. Nothing in the post that you've seen is constitutes a threat under Georgia law, does it? Which post are you talking about? Post that the state showed you about Ms. Freeman today. You're going to have to show me what law you're talking about. I'm not quite sure what you mean when you say it. 
threat under Georgia law. You're an attorney, right? A civil attorney. Civil attorney, but you know what it, what it means to say threats, don't you? I'm very particular about Georgia law. So you don't know what a threat is? Objection I know. asked and answered. Uh, overall, I don't think we've gotten an answer yet. So what's the question? Do you know what a threat is? I do. There's nothing in his posts that are threatening, is there? No, I disagree. There's nothing in those posts that are intimidating to a reasonable person, are they? I disagree. I'm not talking about the follow-up posts. I'm talking about Mr. Harrison Floyd's posts. I am too. The threat level on these, this report doesn't show that the spike came from Harrison Floyd, does it? It does. It shows that the spike came from a conglomeration of sources. Have you read the report? I have. Judge, I have nothing further. Can you redirect? Question for this witness from the state. Okay, thank you, Mr. Du Bois. Thank you, Judge. That concludes witnesses for the state, and we do have some argument we'd like to make. Of course, Ms. Willis. Any evidence on behalf of the defense? No, Your Honor, we don't need to. All right, we are back on the record. Ms. Willis. I'm going to um, waive any opening closing, and I'll reserve everything until the end. All right, I think the state would still have the burden for revocation, so we'll turn it over to the defense. Mr. Katroff. Good afternoon, Your Honor. May it please the court. I think if we anchor ourselves to the words of the order that you entered, I think that's dispositive. I begin there because there's really three things that the state is complaining about. One is the concept of intimidation or harassment. Is that a subjective standard or an objective standard? I would submit, Your Honor, it's an objective standard. Otherwise, this order is vague. We wouldn't know what those things constitute. Threats and, and intimidation are well-defined in Georgia law. None of these posts amount to a threat or intimidation. That is to say, none put a person, a reasonable person, in fear for their, in fear for their safety. The witnesses today you heard did not support that paragraph. That would be paragraph five of your order. There's no violations there. The remaining two paragraphs I would submit, paragraph six and seven, there's no violations there either. Those two paragraphs state that you're not supposed to have any communication with a person or witness or a co-defendant in this case about the facts of this case. That's what those two, directly or indirectly. So if you look at that order, nothing, the only thing that the state tries to argue is that these handle tags on Twitter uh, constitute communication. They said that over and over and over. The problem with that, that goes against Twitter's own help rules. And I have a I've actually brought it up my phone, and I would ask the court to take judicial notice of that. And it says the ampersand sign is used to call out usernames in posts. Hello at X. People will use your username to mention you in posts, send you a message, or link to your profile. So that in the in the Twitterverse, that's uh, that's used in a wide variety of ways. Sure, but the practical effect is that the person mentioned gets a notification, do they not? They do, Your Honor. And I would submit to you, for instance, Jenna Ellis has a million followers. I would submit to you if you typed in Jenna Ellis and give the money back, you would see hundreds of thousands of independent tweets saying the exact same thing. So I find it hard to believe that that Miss Ellis would have seen that unless you were specifically called out about it, which is the other thing. None of these witnesses here contacted the state. The state shows of its own volition to call, contact them. But just to be clear, what you're arguing is not so much that it was impossible 
that Mr. Floyd's comments reached any of these witnesses just as just that it was improbable. It was improbable. Yes, it could. Surely they could see the if it shows up in their feed, surely they can see it. But that's the other thing. Were they talking about the facts of this case? And I can go through each one of the Twitter posts that. Well, it says that they can't communicate, right? Um, not, not just communicate, can't communicate about the facts of this case. And so, for example, with the one with Miss Ellis, why would, how would that not be in uh, a communication about the facts of this case? If it's, if it's solely referencing her proper session. Because first it's public, it's public in the public domain, number one. Well, that, that wasn't a precondition, right? Of the bond no, but, it, but she's not. That, that's I'm just pointing out the fact that her video is in the public domain. He's commenting on the video. It is a public comment. He's allowed to do that under the First Amendment. So the idea that this is somehow not a uh, permissible communication, it's a problem because that, that begs the question about the facts of this case. What facts? The ones as they develop? The ones that are ongoing? the facts in the indictment I mean, which also spurs another question miss ellis isn't even a won't even be a witness against us i mean i know that the state's going to say well she's a rico witness we don't have anything to do with miss ellis not only that we don't even have a witness list all we know we have unindicted co-conspirators we have to guess who might the witnesses might be now the state has said that they have sent us discovery but that discovery is like a football field haste sized haystack about 10 feet high and we're looking for five needles in it i have to go through 30 or 40 folders and click down only to find out that the file that i'm looking at is a gif image so the idea that well we've turned it over we've turned it over i don't know if they've turned it over i had to search i had to ask the other day for one of the uh witnesses grand jury testimony that they said they had just received so i don't know what the state has or what they don't have i don't know what their who their witnesses are and I, I don't that's, that's of no concern to me Sure, but I think you have a pretty good indication of who they're going to be, uh, at least some of them. I didn't know Gabriel Sterling was a witness, had no idea, Judge. Zero. Uh, but what about the Secretary of State? Right, but that's also a public account. He's not barred from, from calling out the Secretary of State. Now, if we don't like that, we should change the, the bond order. I would submit, Judge, that would be the appropriate remedy. The state surely, and you read my motion, the state, or my opposition, rather, the state knows how to address social media posts as it did with President Trump. And so, so uh, you know, again, this idea that someone has pleaded guilty and this an explicit condition of their plea is that they're going to be a cooperating witness. You still don't think that's sufficient notice that that person is going to be a witness in the case? No, no, no. I, I, we, we, I stipulate. I don't. So we're clear on the record. She's a witness in this case, not against him. Well, she's a, she, she's a witness in the prosecution against him. He's going to be sitting, presumably, at a one of many tables, and it will be in the state's case in chief where he is a defendant. I may be presumptuous in thinking that won't happen, but Judge, uh, I, she's a witness to be sure, but nothing in that bond order prohibits him from contacting a witness. Nothing in the bond order prohibits him from contacting a co-defendant. They just can't contact each other about the facts of this case. They could call him and say, hey, you want to come over for dinner tonight? As long as we don't talk about the facts of the case, they can do that. That's why I pinpoint those words. Communicate with. That's the other part of this. It's not simply to shout out into the Twitterverse. That's like going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and, and being on one side and Miss Ellis is on the other side and during the middle of an Atlanta Falcons game. And he yells out, hey, Jenna, give the money back. If she happens to hear it, and maybe the crowd starts chanting, give the money back. She's a public figure as well. A million followers, Judge. A million. 
She wasn't worried. She didn't know anything about it. She didn't reach out. So we're not contending that she's not a witness. The, the thrust of this is collusion. Are you getting together with other witnesses to change stories? I don't see any other purpose for those paragraphs six and seven. So I would submit, Your Honor, if we pay attention, if we're faithful to the text of the order, paragraphs six and seven are clear. Communicate with, not communicate to, not, not say something about, because that's what this really amounts to, say something about. You heard uh, Assistant Chief Hill. I believe his testimony was he didn't know what 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 uh, was in the mind of of Mr. Mr. Floyd. Mr. Sterling contended that one of the posts, or he agreed, one of the posts didn't even he wasn't even sure what case it applied to, but he knew there was another case pending that had sealed ballots in it. So yes, when you're tagged, it shows up in your feed. But like I said, Judge, you're not required to. It's not a requirement in Twitter. People post, I post things all the time where I will put an at symbol. Do I think that the other person might see it? It's possible. I don't care. I want to post. It's a, it's a political forum. That's the whole purpose of ideas. I mean, you don't, that you find something offensive. You, you don't have the right not to be offensive. I mean, in order to think, you have to risk being offensive. Do you not? So, yeah, just to, to, taking that point, uh, I just want to focus here. Just, I think maybe the, the Twitter aspect of this may be confusing it, but what would be the functional difference of Mr. Floyd having just written a letter and mailed it to him and assuming that Miss Ellis gets a thousand letters a day? Because that shows his intent. His intent is to make direct contact. There's a mechanism in Twitter for direct notification, <laughs> direct contact. You can send a message directly to the person as opposed to the Twitter verse, the forum, the public forum putting out a political message, a political opinion. He can do all of those things. He can say, you know, I'm innocent. I didn't do this. Now, is he talking about the facts of this case? Well, I'm sure the district attorney will try to use this stuff at trial, perhaps. But Harrison Floyd has never said that anything against Ruby Freeman. And by the way, Ruby Freeman doesn't even have a social media post. And I want to bring this report up. I would encourage you, Judge, look at page two. A majority of these mentions related to commentary about the latest post from the Gateway Pundit regarding Ms. Freeman and Mrs. Moss's alleged participation in election fraud. Uh, her attorney said it was, this was a report was about his posts, but I don't see how you can compare the two. Gateway Pundit has a slew of followers. His Twitter account is 25,000 people, not 2 million, not 3 million, not the million that Jenna Ellis has. Not the 75,000 that Mr. Sterling has or the 114,000 that Ms. Willis has on one of her accounts and however many others she has in her other account. A lot of this has to do with being in the public domain as well. Nothing in any of the posts that he wrote about Ms. Freeman show any threats of intimidation. They are merely statements that he is claiming, I'm innocent, I haven't done anything wrong, which is why I said in my motion, or my opposition rather, that this court should be faithful to the text of the bond order. If we have an issue with it, judge, we're very amenable. You heard my co-counsel my co say earlier, all they had to do was call us. Mr. Floyd has come back to Georgia voluntarily. The first time when he turned himself in, he was, he was put in jail, wasn't able to get a bond hearing until your honor uh, got involved. You got back and were able to get him a bond. He appreciates that immensely. He came back today 
just because I told him to. He's a law-abiding citizen. Yes, there are some other things pending, but that has nothing to do with this hearing. Zero. If you if a court tells him, look, I want you to tone it down. I don't want you to mention Ruby Freeman. He'll do what you tell him to do. It's not that at that point, it's not about a First Amendment argument. We'll, we're, we'll let that go, Judge. If, if he's got if, if his rights to speech are, are, are in jeopardy versus his freedoms and liberty, uh, his personal restraint, Judge, he's going to want he's going to opt for his personal liberty. So I would submit, Your Honor, that this whole tactic is somewhat of a retaliation. If you look at the when the motion was was generated. I believe the motion was generated on the November 15th, just after this court's hearing, because we received it two hours after the court's hearing in the protective order. Miss Willis was in D.C. She personally signed the motion or they put her signature on it. She was attending uh, an event with a women's sub uh, summit and also a fundraiser. But the reason why I say it was cobbled together hastily was because Jenna Ellis's post is on the 13th and she says she saw it a couple of days later. Well, I would submit, Your Honor, that she was raised, the awareness of that was raised to her by the state. I just don't see a million followers, how that could happen. And so with that judge, I would uh, just check one thing here. <clears throat> yes, and there's also on, on Twitter, if, you, if there's a post that's found offensive or, or threatening, it can be reported. And, and people should do that. If they want to generate reports, they can. But it would be just as effective to call out posts and say these are inappropriate posts. So with that, Judge, I conclude. May the state be heard. Your Honor, it's always like when me and the defense can agree. We agree on something. We just ask you to strictly rely on the order that you find. Um, and as Your Honor knows, I only have to prove he violated this order one way, and that would be enough to revoke his bond. Um, so I'll lead you to number seven that says the defendant shall not communicate in any way directly or indirectly about the facts of this case when he, with any person known to him or her to be a witness in this case, except through his or her counsel. It's clear they signed it. They understood it. Now I'm going to take some time and go through a PowerPoint. Um, I didn't ask any questions today to offend you. I asked you because of the absurdity of their argument. Um, my team asked me to tone it down because I referred to it initially as lunacy and they asked that I refer to it as absurdity. I would submit you can use either adjective. Put it up. I need a screen share. I need a screen share, Your Honor. <clears throat> which, uh, which account is joining? To what host, account is Mr. Wooten? It's under my name, Judge. All right, just one moment. Your Honor, I apologize for that. Ms. Willis, limited to the scope of my argument, or is she going to We'll see if, uh, if there's a point that needs to, we can go back and forth and back and forth. We don't need to have strict guardrails for argument. Um, Your Honor, just very quickly, Harrison Floyd was indicted by a Fulton County grand jury for count one, conspiracy to violate, count two, conspiracy to commit solicitation, and count 31, influencing witnesses. Um, he entered a consent bond on August 29, 2023. The language was plain, um, and I still contend he violated three of the seven conditions, those being five, six, and seven, um, but I just need one of them. 
Your Honor, the law is clear. It is clear that the trial courts have the power to revoke bond as long as minimum due process is applied. Your Honor, by this hearing, you've given him due process. The trial court has authority to revoke bond. If following hearing, the trial court determines that the defendant violates those conditions, it is clear he violated the conditions. The standard of proof in matters initially setting a bond, the state has the burden of proving by a preponderance of the evidence that the trial court should deny bail to protect the community. Proof by a preponderance simply requires that the evidence show that something is more likely true than not. Condition five, he shall perform no act to intimidate any person known to him to be a co-defendant or a witness in this case or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. Um, we've seen these uh, post, but certainly contacting the Georgia Secretary of State and Gabriel Sterling and calling them derogatory names is a way of intimidating. Whether it actually intimidated is not the result it is was it intended to intimidate um moving on he's about to go through some things your honor has been practicing criminal law a while <laughs> moving right along he, this offense of jenna ellis and i was going to point it out but you already did how we can contend that a proffer is not evidence in this case and you're so uh dense you don't know that the proffer is evidence when in her proffer the condition is that she's a witness they want me to say it's disingenuous. It's a lie, Your Honor. Uh, this is Jenna Ellis. It's already Exhibit 23. I saw it a couple days after it was posted. Yes, I believe it was meant to both intimidate me. So does everyone else in the world who saw it and to harass me and also encourage others to harass me. That is common sense, but the witness has told you that is what she feels about it. Also, uh, the negative comments that once again, that Ms. Freeman has had to endure now for multiple years based on lies, he made sure that we're right back in that posture. And it's unacceptable. It is unacceptable for democracy to work. We need little old ladies to come and volunteer to be poll workers. And what this lady has received is a pattern of being lied on and intimidation and he started it again. And I think we can both agree being called outside of your name, a uh, old lady, older lady, um, I don't want to offend Ms. Freeman again, uh, by this is disgusting. And it is as a result of his posting images, which are also evidence in this case. No one can deny if you read the indictment, which they have been provided, that this is evidence in this case, which is why she's mentioned 40 times in the indictment, but they want you to believe they don't know she's a witness. It's ridiculous. So, All, I'm sorry. Yeah, setting those, uh, if I agree with you there, with all the posts about Ms. Freeman, those are ones where she is, is not tagged. And so I know that we have uh, States Exhibit 22 showing that there is a reaction just to simply mentioning her. Um, you know, would you would you agree with the defense that Mr. Floyd is there's nothing prohibiting him from publicly criticizing the state's case generally? What I would agree is that when he signed a consent order and the First Amendment um, can be limited for parties in a lawsuit and your honor limited it. And the case law is very clear that there is a public good of keeping the community safe that you are required to do, which is why you made those limitations and that his First Amendment rights to say whatever he likes. Um, if they interfere with the trial of a case can be limited and i'm going to take and your no, honor. no question that is it can be limited what i'm wondering is though were they limited here to the extent that he couldn't talk about the case at all 
They were limited in the fact that he could not talk about the facts of the case, referring you again back to paragraph 57. It's, it's not ambiguous, it's clear. It's the black letter. Cannot talk about the facts of the case. This video of Ruby Freeman are the facts of the case, and it's in the indictment. Let me read you the, some of the law that we have, and this comes straight, Your Honor, from a Supreme Court of the United States case, State Seattle Times Company versus Reinhardt. February 21st, 1982. So this is not new law uh, in the footnote parenthetical 12 of 17, 18. Although litigants do not surrender their first amendment rights at the courthouse door, those rights may be subordinated to other in interests that arise in this setting. For instance, on several occasions, this court has approved restrictions on the communication of trial participants which he's a named defendant, he clearly are, is, where necessary to ensure a fair trial for a criminal defendant, which this could have impugned not only on his rights, but his 14 co-defendants still remain with him. Also, Your Honor, it says in that case, in the conduct of a case, a court often finds it necessary to restrict the free expression of participants, including counsel, witnesses, and jurors. Your Honor, you restricted it when you signed this order. Not only what makes this so disgusting is he consented to this order. So this wasn't even put upon him. He agreed to this order. They want to tell you about five days. Those were five days he chose. They know that we tried to work with counsel, but that's irrelevant. He was given the benefit of the doubt. He was treated like every other defendant, although he had an open case. He was given an opportunity to cooperate with the rules of this case. And what he really did was spit on the court and refuse to oblige by three of the seven conditions of this bond order. So no, he does not have the right to communicate about facts of this case with witnesses, which he did with Jenna Ellis, which he did with Sterling, which he's very well aware of and was served. And it is not the state's fault if the defense is unprepared, which was their argument. We're unprepared. We don't know what's in the discovery. Not my problem. How is he communicating with Ms. Freeman in this post? When you put something on a social media page that's reviewed by 400,000 and you put it in an open space, you have the ability to indirectly communicate with Ms. Freeman when you put it in the, the public space. Perhaps they could have some um, sincerity in that if he had a closed page that was not um, watched by many. Do you understand what I mean by a private or a closed page? That is not the status of his post, which is why close to a half a million people saw it. Um, again, response, mentioning Jenny Ellis, again, I guess they want you to believe they don't know Jenna Ellis is a witness in this case. On and on, Your Honor, and you have it, and again, I don't want to waste your time, and the response is just what you could respect, expect. Miss Ruby needs a bodyguard or she's going to get Epstein. This is a direct result of his conduct, which is why you as the trial court have a duty and in fact did your duty to keep witnesses in this matter safe. Moving right along, um, if she'll live to see this day, there's no denial that as a result of his conduct, a witness was put in greater harm and greater hate was again spewed against someone that's had to go through this for three years. Condition six, he shall not communicate in any way directly or indirectly about the facts of this case with any person known to him to be a co-defendant in this case. I guess they want you to believe they didn't know Jenna Ellis was a co-defendant. You can look at the post as part of the record in here. Jenna Ellis again saying she saw it, which means there was an indirect communication with him. Your Honor, I just need to prove he violated the order once. 
He knew what he was doing. They signed this order. They agreed to it. There was a good reason to have an order with these conditions. And what we're really here to decide today is does this order mean something or not? He doesn't get a, oh, I'm sorry, after I've already intimidated the witnesses in this case. It's too late. You should not have done this. You knew it was against the rules. You put someone in a danger as a result of doing it. And now you need to be held accountable for it so that we can make sure that all of the defendants in this case get a fair trial and that witnesses are kept safe. Moving right along, Your Honor, um, you'll have all of these in your um, communication. There was some debate, again, lunacy and absurdity that we don't know if this is Harrison Floyd. Your Honor can look at the post and see his image tying this to him. Um, Jenna Ellis, again, in these posts. Authority of the court. Bonds in both felony and misdemeanor cases may contain conditions so long as the conditions are reasonable under the facts and circumstances of the case. I would suggest the conditions you gave him were reasonable, which is why they signed up to them and agreed to them. And Your Honor, it is not. We limit Fourth Amendment rights all the time in giving bond orders, giving someone the right to search. Same thing with First Amendment rights, authority of the court. One of the court's functions is to balance the defendant's rights with the interests of the public. The public is Ms. Freeman who served, keeping her safe. The public is also Ms. Jenna Ellis. The public is witnesses and jurors who will come and testify. Here, the bond conditions are not arbitrary and capricious because the conditions are a reasonable response to the trial court's functioning of balancing the defendant's rights with the public safety interests while avoiding the intimidation of prosecution witnesses, which was the exact purpose here. But Your Honor doesn't have to find it was intimidating. You can say, you know what, calling witnesses pieces of shit, it don't even matter. I don't find that to be intimidating. Do you find they communicated? Do you find that they communicated with co-defendants? Do you find they communicated with witnesses? If you find that, then you find that he violated the bond order and you have to decide, do we have an interest as a society in keeping witnesses in this case safe? Do we have an interest in this case of keeping the other defendants from having a fair trial? Authority of the court. Although litigants do not surrender their First Amendment rights at the courthouse door, those rights may be subordinated to other interests that arise in this setting. For instance, on several occasions, this court has reproved restriction on the communications of trial participants, which he is, where necessary to ensure a fair trial for a criminal defendant. There are other criminal defendants in this case. In the conduct of a case, the court often finds it necessary to restrict the free expression of participants, including counsel, witnesses, and jurors. Again, the site for that is Seattle Times versus Reinhardt, 467 U.S. 20, 1984. Defendant Floyd violated his bond and it should be revoked. OCGA Ayala sets out four factors a court must consider when setting a bond, including he violated three of the four. His rhetoric poses a significant threat or danger to witnesses in this case in the community. He poses a significant risk of committing pending a felony committing trial, he poses a significant risk of intimidating witnesses and otherwise obstructing the administration of judges. The absurdity of the defendant's argument. Defendant falsely claims that he does not know who the witnesses are. Your Honor, that's just a lie. It's just a lie. There's no other thing to call it. You're not aware Jenna Ellis is a witness. So I know that it annoyed you to ask that question, but I wanted you to see in their own motion, they know she's a witness and they should not have told you that. 
Defendant Floyd in his own motion refers to Jenna Ellis as a witness, defense motion, page eight, line nine. Defendant Floyd in his own motion refers to Ruby Freeman as a witness. More absurdity. In indictment number 23188947, Ms. Freeman is mentioned 40 times, but putting the defendant on notice, she is a witness. In indictment number 23SC18947, Secretary of State Raffensberger, who he tags, is mentioned four times. I think that puts them on notice that he's a witness. The defendant has the witness transcripts of the Secretary of State, Ms. Gabriel Sterling, and Ms. Freeman. They are aware with these witness statements that she, they are witnesses. Defendant states in his motion affirmatively that Mr. Floyd's post did not stir the pot against Ms. Freeman. Really? You saw the post. It absolutely stirred the pot. And so for them to put that in their post when they saw, as he called them, the ugly, racist, violent comments, that is a direct result of his conduct. However, a cursory review of the response to Mr. Post show that this to be another lie. Miss Ruby needs a bodyguard or she's going to get Epstein. Ruby is, uh, if she lives till a trial. I'd love to see her daughter in the slammer, two corrupt losers up into it. Bury this under the jail. Ruby should be in prison. She's a racist. Cause he's the one that scares she's afraid of white folks. Racist pig. It's no question that that is not true. Dirty damn rats. All of it is untrue, so they should not have stated it in their motion. Defendant wants this court to believe when you tag someone in a post, it does not notify them. The entire purpose of tagging someone is so it hits their feed and they see the post. Take judicial notice of that, Your Honor. You don't even have to, though you have witnesses testify to it. They make this silly argument because it is clear that it's communication in violation of the bond order. They know it's communication. I'd submit to you it's direct communication. But it doesn't matter if it was direct or indirect, he violated his bond order. In 2020, Ms. Freeman and her family members were intimidated by people as a result of her name being disclosed on social media. And it is this intimidation which Mr. Floyd was indicted to represent to the court that his recent post of accusing Ms. Freeman of the exact same things that were done before and indirectly targeted Ms. Freeman is absurd. Defendant wants this to court to believe that the last thing Mr. Floyd wants is for Mr. Freeman to form an impression he's somehow against her, except his post show that. Yet it is Mr. Floyd accusing Mr. Fleeman of his post of being a fraud. Your Honor, all we're asking you to do is exactly what the defense asked you to do. Read the court order, look at the evidence. He violated this court order. It is unfair to those witnesses that are just coming, first to do their public duty as an election worker, and second to do their public duty as a witness. And there are real consequences for allowing defendants to intimidate witnesses. Your Honor, we're asking that his bond be revoked and he be remanded today. All right, I'm going to allow the state the last word of Mr. Cashrow, if you have a few other points you want to make. Yeah, I'll be brief, Your Honor. <laughs> Your Honor, as you know, I've not ever contended that Ms. Ellis isn't a witness or that we didn't know she was a witness. I'm not sure where that came from. My motion said, our opposition says she was a witness. We admit that. The state's argument is that anything on social media posted about that Harrison Floyd posts about this case is automatically an, an indirect communication, if not a direct communication. That's absurd. And that's where we're running into trouble here. Judge, I would submit you focused in on, on, on one particular uh, tweet, which was Jenna Ellis. And I'm going to go back to her tweet. 
that tweet is a shout out to the Twitterverse at large. Yes, I think it walks up close to the line, but he's if you understand the world of Twitter or X as it's now called, that's not how people communicate. It's a very ineffective way to communicate. If he really wanted to communicate with her directly, he would have simply sent her a notification and called her a liar or whatever. And he could have even called that out. That would have been a clear violation of the protective order. The other point that the, the, the district attorney made was that, oh, we said we didn't stir the pot. Yeah, we didn't stir the pot. You see, the, the district attorney stirred the pot. They've been stirring the pot since he got arrested, Judge. Um, from the very first occasion, I never got a call about uh, Mr. Floyd getting bond. Rather, I have Miss Willis and Mr. Wade apparently recorded my colleague up in Maryland, which, by the way, it's a two-party state. It's a felony to record without permission up there. Um, they recorded my colleague, and he said, I don't know anything about the bond. I was handling his case to come here to Georgia. So this idea that he's been given all these chances, et cetera, I think that's, that's hogwash. Now, this idea, though, that, he, that he's, we didn't stir the pot. All the evidence that you have, the views, they are wholly dependent, Judge, when they were captured, when you looked at Twitter and when you captured that image. When they filed this motion to revoke bond, just like when they filed the motion for the protective order, if you recall, Judge, I was in court and I said, we had gotten numerous calls from the media that they were pestering us. And you said, well, we should all expect some of that. And I agree, we should in this case. But this is, this is not exactly right because when they file a motion to revoke his bond, they're all in the back watching us. When, we, when they file the motion, it immediately causes a spike and everybody starts searching everything. So they can't use that as evidence against Mr. Floyd. I think that is absurd. The other thing I would leave you with, Judge, I really believe that the words of this court order are pretty clear. And I think the only thing that you have to discuss or to, to, to analyze today is whether you believe he was communicating with Jenna Ellis in that one post. I think that's the only issue that you, you, you are faced with because it's an indirect tag. Now, it's not an indirect communication. And as I've said, the Twitter help uh, file is, the, is just dispositive on that. It's, it's a shout out to the Twitter verse. Could it be used as a, as a direct communication? Well, uh, indirect, I'm sure it could be used as an indirect communication. But if you search yourself, Judge, and look up Jenna Ellis and uh, send the money back, I think she raised over $200,000 and she, before she entered her plea, you'll find hundreds of thousands of posts telling her to give it back. Now, maybe she was directed to Mr. Floyd's at some point by the state. I don't know. We don't, and we should not chill speech. He has the right to make political speech. He has the right to talk about the facts of this case in, in Twitter. As long as he doesn't communicate with another defendant or, or witness. Now, we don't know all the witnesses that are in this case. Like I, I told you before, I know a fair number of them, but I have a list of unindicted co-conspirators that I'm just trying to figure out who they are. <clears throat> we don't exactly know. I don't have a matrix of that. If, if we do, it's in the discovery somewhere, and we're still searching through that morass of, of, of information. So you were not provided the witness list used during the trial we had prepared for Mr. Chesbro? No, I was not, Judge. I don't, I don't recall getting that list at all. All right. If they did, 
I would not, I wouldn't, I couldn't sit here today and tell you they didn't put it with this mountain of stuff, but the way they turned over discovery, I've never seen anything like it. They just handed, you know, 80 folders down. You find this one little GIF image, a little picture that belongs to another file that's down the same, a different tree, 50 folders. It's, it's absurd. That's absurd. So at the end of the day, you know, I think the rule of lenity is, is appropriate here. You know, if the, the court feels that something is, is amiss or you want to correct something or you, we need to make something more clear, I think we need to give Mr. Floyd the benefit of the doubt. This is not giving him a second chance. I'm not asking for that because I don't believe he violated the words of the bond order. I think the bond order is crystal clear. Do I think he walked up close to the line? Yes, he did. Have we had discussions about it? Sure. But in terms of the, the last part with, with the, the 13th and 14th, when we were accused of, quote, leaking a video, that video wasn't leaked. There was no protective order on any of those, those proper videos. That wasn't even a leak. Yet Mr. Floyd's November 13th and 14th posts are responding to that purported leak because the district attorney absurdly put in that a typo for my colleague where he said, we are the source of the leak. And he then sent another email back pretty quickly that said, we are not the source of the leak. I'm sorry, that was a typo. I typed too fast. They did mention that it was a typo in their motion, but they only included one email. The press picked up on that one email and things started to go crazy. That's the nature of this case. So if we're going to limit speaking, you know, every time Miss Willis goes to Washington, D.C. and attends one of these events, we get spikes in Twitter. The same time that he was making these other comments. That's when she was in D.C. at these, these events. So the words of the court's order are clear. The burden has not been met by the state for the, and I'm positive the burden has not been met for the concept of intimidation. That's a, that's a legal definition under Georgia law. And it requires one to be objectively and put in reasonable fear of harm by the words that were spoken, not by responses, not by any of that stuff. And then with respect to the last two, paragraph six and seven, you won't have any, you won't communicate with, means alongside, I won't go to this man and say, I communicate with you. I, I want to talk to you as opposed to me addressing you here, knowing full well he can hear me and saying, well, John Morrison is our co-counsel. I'm not communicating with him, but he can hear it. So the idea that uh, he didn't communicate with about the facts of this case, as I wanna ex express to your honor one more time, it's not that he can't talk to a witness or a co-defendant. What Ms. Willis said about that is absolutely incorrect. That's against, that's not even what the court order says. The court order is specific. You cannot talk to another witness or co-defendant. You cannot communicate with them about the facts of this case. The whole purpose of that number six and seven is to avoid collusion. That didn't happen here. What we have here are first amendment issues. If you wanna curtail, I would submit, Your Honor, we should adopt what the president's uh, bond order, bond conditions, where they explicitly mention the uh, First Amendment issues for, on, on Twitter, because the president is known for that. So if they felt that this was included in his uh, bond motion, they should have put it in there. They had the opportunity to do that. Thank you. Your Honor, I'm not going to be long. The, the bottom line is the defendant didn't respect the order of this court. He violated it. If you have questions about intimidation, don't go to that paragraph. Go to paragraph seven. Although you have a witness, Ms. Jenna Ellis, telling you she felt intimidated and Von Du Bois, who represents another witness, telling you that he interpreted, that they, his team, to include his client, interpret that as intimidation. But you don't need it. All you need is paragraph seven, which says he's not to communicate. Um, this notion that tagging someone doesn't get a message to them um, is really lunacy. All right. I'm going to compile my notes and I'll be back in five.
All right. Thank you all for your patience. So just a few thoughts to share. And the first, I would just say um, how we got here. Uh, at the outset, uh, I'll just note that um, at the time of indictment, uh, the we were in this courtroom in the middle of a another murder trial, so I was not able to conduct the first appearance for Mr. Floyd. But throughout that week during the trial, we were presented with these uh, consented bond orders, which were negotiated by the parties, and that I signed without a hearing. And Mr. Floyd agreed uh, to abide by the terms of it. And I think it's been it's clear from the case law there is no constitutional right to bail. And a bond can contain special conditions as long as they're reasonable under the circumstances. And often those can curtail or even eliminate a defendant's constitutional rights under the First Amendment, under the Fourth Amendment, such as forbidding contact. We see that quite commonly. And the question becomes the trial court has to balance the rights of the accused, as well as the public safety interests that are raised by any particular case. But I'll also note that a defendant is generally allowed to publicly criticize the merits of a case to say that uh, the prosecution doesn't have a case to, to challenge the strength of the evidence to speak his mind. And I don't see anything in this consent bond order that limited general criticism of the state's case. Each of these conditions uh, had components to them, had um, preconditions, but there was no general limitation of talking about this case. But obviously that criticism cannot cross a line and ever evolve into witness intimidation. And I think as the defense was willing to concede here, Mr. Floyd seems very boldly willing to explore exactly where that line lies in this case. And I think the state has made a uh, compelling argument on many of these points. But in categorizing these statements, um, uh, on the first point of intimidation, um, we don't see, as we might see in these bond conditions, as they're traditionally understood, someone posting the personal info of a witness or a co-defendant. We don't see someone directly messaging, again, as that's traditionally understood. Um, and we, we don't see in the wording an explicit indication that something ought to be done about these individuals or that they should be targeted in some way. I read these as seeing more that someone is wanting to defend his case in a very public way. And so on the question of, and especially when it comes to the public officials, I think we've, as Mr. Sterling testified, when it comes to intimidation, they've endured far worse than is presented in this motion. I think it becomes a much closer question when we start talking about whether this is direct or indirect communication. And Uh, we're getting into uh, also kind of a question of at what point is someone responsible for the response of others? And I don't know if those are necessarily settled questions under the traditional bond limitations that we used and the phrasing that we used in this case. And um, ultimately, uh, I think that, first of all, the defense argument that there was no knowledge that these were potential witnesses. I, that's not one that I'm an argument that I'm buying. I think that we can't hide behind a veil of ignorance when certain witnesses have testified before the special grand jury or are very much known to be involved in the facts of this case, or just recently pleaded guilty and were known to 
have a public cooperation provision. Um, I also think that when we're talking about the facts of this case, that is a broadly understood term. And if someone is just denigrating another person who's known to be a witness and talking in reference to their proffer, that's also um, satisfying that precondition. Um, but when it comes to the question of indirect communication, Again, I think it comes down to um, while there may, I, I, I do think that in several instances here, uh, there has been a technical violation of Mr. Floyd's bond and that communications he made wound up before the eyes and ears of potential witnesses and co-defendants. Um, but not every violation compels revocation. And so I am stuck on the question of notice and that the bond conditions as written in my mind were not specific enough to account for the nuances of social media. So I think the ultimate result of today's hearing is that it's very clear to me that this bond needs to be modified. And I think it needs to specifically prohibit uh, any public comment concerning Ms. Freeman. Uh, concerning her daughter and concerning other witnesses um, that need to be included because even if he's not directly or indirectly communicating with him, however we define that term, I think the public safety interests raised as a result of today's hearing indicate that his actions have a consequence. And because he's under the conditions of this bond order, the court has the ability to curtail and protect that interest. So Ultimately, what I would be asking for is for a recommendation uh, from the state, but I would also allow the defense to respond of exactly how they would propose adding uh, or modifying these bond conditions. And I will then take those under advisement and enter a modification on the record. And nothing from today's hearing should be seen as curtailing the state's ability to refile such a bond revocation motion immediately upon an additional violation. And I think that it also is very much dependent on the specific facts of the tweets and communications at issue here. And it can't be so broadly uh, defined to cover all other co-defendants. So on the issue of modification, I think that's something that we can revisit and let time to consider unless there's something uh, the parties would like to address now uh, and want the court to be able to consider specifically what they would like to see as a modification or that's something we can follow up but uh, the court is uh, available and ready to enter that as soon as it's conveyed anything miss willis that you would like to add obviously we're very concerned about the safety of miss ruby freeman um she has clearly endured enough um and this conduct is not just chilling to her, it's chilling to other people who would want to serve in her capacity. So, um, you know, we respect the ruling of the court, but take exception. Um, this defendant is very well aware of what happens when he tweets about Ms. Green. Um, we do not believe it is appropriate for him to make derogatory comments about anyone. He can publicly criticize me all he wants. I don't value his opinion, it doesn't matter. But what he may not do is publicly um, do things that intimidate witnesses. And so that needs to be clear. Um, 
he cannot, he should not be able to tag them so that they are communicated with or put them in open space so that Ruby Freeman now may have to move again and get another advisement from the FBI. And so if you are, I would ask that before your honor leaves here today, that my team be allowed to sit down, that the defendant personally sign off on an agreement stating that he an initial each clause so that um, it can be made more clear that he should not contact and intimidate witnesses in this case. I don't have any concerns with what you've raised, Mr. Morrison, Mr. Catrow. Uh, briefly, Judge, I'm not going to sit down and initial language that I haven't seen, number one, or had time to look at, cogitate, ruminate, pontificate over. I think the appropriate thing for us to do is what you've suggested. We'll submit our orders. If you take what you think is appropriate and reasonable and enter it that way. Well, then I'd ask you stepping back today, and then when we can get it worked out, then he can be loose. Well, I don't think, I think there's still time to the day. Why don't we see how far we get? I'm not going anywhere. And again, I don't think we're writing a treatise here, but I think there needs to be something more explicit and a little bit more uh, definite. And it can be as all encompassing as we need to be. Uh, and if we need to go back on the record about that, we can. All right, we remain on the record and I've been provided with a proposed modified bond order for Mr. Floyd and by, by the state and was there anything for me to review from the defense? Okay. Uh, can we get the next? Do we have an extra copy? Can we print off another? Sure. No, well, yeah, I haven't seen those. And if we could give the. I think there's a good bit for the defense to consider and digest here. I'll just note for the record, the defense proposal here is handwritten that says no tags, no DMs, emails, texts, or calls, no Ruby or daughter, but can respond if Ruby says something about Harrison. Staper hides a comprehensive list of witnesses, but Harrison can respond if mentioned by a witness. No statements by the state that criticizes Harrison. Do you think we want to dive in? Okay. All right. Well, let's use the state's modified bond order as our working copy. And we can just try to go through this paragraph by paragraph. Uh, as I read it, one through nine on the first page are essentially duplicative of the original bond order. Any concerns with one through nine? Yes, Your Honor. Specifically, number, I don't believe number two and number five are included in the bond those two are different. There was a, he has to report. I don't know if I brought my original copy out. The only reason why I say that is he, he doesn't report himself. Yeah, that, that one does seem familiar. Okay. You probably don't have Okay. And number I think that no contact order, almost like a protective order. 
the president were to call, were to call him, he couldn't he couldn't talk to the president because we had no contact order. The president's order doesn't have a no contact. Order. <clears throat> so I think there needs to be some type of carve out. Oh, um, hold up, hold on a second. Just remember, y'all, we're on the record, and so we need to make sure that we're speaking into the microphone because our court reporter is remote. Okay, so just to note, uh, so originally we had as shall not communicate in any way uh, with any person known to be a witness or a co-defendant except through counsel. So now that has essentially kind of been consolidated to make it very, very clear that it's just no contact uh, with any co-defendant witness or anyone specifically named. And we believe this is in defendant Trump's motion if you want to pull it as part of your record that mr floyd it's not your turn um so it's in the co-defendant's bond order it's in the co all, right. Bond order. all right so um mr kacharov is there a specific witness co-defendant or um person named in the indictment that you think there should be a carve out for? First of all, for those that were respecting counts 30 to 31 for sure, that would be kind of Stephen Lee, that would be uh, Trevion, Fui, undicted co-conspirator number 23, who we believe to be uh, Harrison Douglas. All right, and but just so I'm clear beforehand, Remember, it was about it was, it was no direct or indirect communication about the facts of this case. This is a this is this is absolutely no contact period. Sure. So that's the difference. And and so you're saying that the difference here and what's needed is that Mr. Floyd just should just be able to casually keep in touch and stay up to date, just on a social level with these three individuals. It's not, no, I mean. Uh, if it's not about the facts of the case, I mean, are they are they? Were they personal friends before this indictment? Uh, no, I don't. Actually, I, I don't understand the difference now. No contact versus communicate. What does that mean? I think it's just making it very explicit. No, no contact. Shake his hand. No, that, that's, 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 no well, that wasn't in there before. That wasn't any part of the allegations of state. I, mean, I would object to that going in. I think that's just a bit onerous for the, the occasion. Well, onerous in that. How does it? change what he's already been doing the last what are we now four months Has, uh, i know you i know i understand your point but what i'm saying is is it's communication contact because if it is we're being duplicative in the court order. I, I could say there's sure sure i could see that that there's some overlap with five and if there's a specific concern like you don't want him to be contacting ruby fine don't contact shay fine I don't have a problem with that. We're not interested in, in contacting those, those two folks. Your Honor, may I speak? It is typical in um, bond orders that co-defendants are not allowed to contact each other, and they are clearly co-defendants um, in the case. And so this is not an unusual request. All right. That, sure. Uh, noted. But it is a very standard condition. Um, and, and I would say safe to say almost every single case. Um, that being said, I do wonder, is there any need now to have 11, 12, or 13? Or do we think five pretty much swallows those? Your Honor, we want to make sure there's no misunderstanding here. And so we'd rather you 
make it perfectly plain. If you think it's unnecessary, I certainly don't want to be back here in two weeks because it was unclear, contact, communicate. So we think both adjectives are necessary since. All right, Mr. Catra. <clears throat> does is effectively muzzle him from saying anything nothing about the case whatsoever i think that's not appropriate i think well where do you where do you see that so now i guess we're getting more into the more substantive new additions from the state um like number 10. number 10. we have uh the contact division that as well the defendant shall make no public statement of any kind concerning any co-defendant or witness in this case or concerning any person specifically named in the indictment. So beyond witnesses, you make yeah, including himself, maybe. That's, that's the other important part of this. This shall include, but it's not limited to statements in books, statements in newspapers, statements in magazines, statements on television, statements on radio, podcasts, YouTube, or any other commercial or self-published media. I think that's not appropriate. I don't think that's, that's not designed to remedy what they complained about originally. I handed you a list that I thought was the short list because that that's the remedy that we thought the court would employ so i have a problem with that and then the second one is um, number 14 it's, it's just way too restrictive condition this as a bond condition but the defendant shall make no social media posts of any kind whether public or private concerning any code defendant or witness in this case I think if we just had the original bond order, you can add the uh, no physical contact with any witness that would clear that up. And, and, and the communication part, you know, you can add in uh, no collusion with any witness. But in terms of him and in the list that I suggested to you, uh, you have you say nothing about Ruby Freeman unless she's a, she has a few lawsuits pending. And if she were to say something, you know, I would, of course, bet whatever was going to be put out there with the idea being that he could respond uh, and say he doesn't. Finds to be true, or he finds it to be true, or what have you. Um, so, I don't think fourteen is appropriate because it's so restrictive on, on social media. And again, give me specifics. What is it exactly that you think he should uh, and wants to be able to do that fourteen precludes? If he wants to get interviewed by a reporter and to talk about how this case came about, what he what he did in this case, I mean, I would I can't believe the, the, the district attorney would object to that. They'd probably watch it catalog everything he said or if he wanted to get on social media and say uh you know miss willis is uh not a nice person she did this but she doesn't care what he says she said that. but if he went on there and said you know what she said about me in this case is not true or what the evidence that i've seen on the internet concerning x y and z is not true he should be able to respond to that otherwise you're just muzzling him and stopping him from talking at all that's what state's order does. They, Your, they want to muzzle. Ms. Willis. Your Honor, um, this, this bond order does not mention District Attorney Fonnie Willis at all. I've stated on the record, he can say whatever he'd like on any post he'd like about me. I have no value for what he says, and I'm threatened every day anyway. So that he posts and I get threatened some more, that'll be what it is. I've learned to live with that. And I am a public official and the voters elected me here and I've put myself in this position. That does not give him the right to contact co-defendants or to intimidate other witnesses. Um, and quite frankly, is really in the defendant's interest to shut his mouth about this case because it can and will be used against him. The complaint is the harm that it does to the witnesses and the victims and the community. I 
All right. All right. We're going to take turns. And uh, the one thing that flagged to me, though, was um, whether this is going beyond the facts of the case as well, because the one of the conditions here in 10 is shall make no public statement of any kind concerning any co-defendant. And so essentially, does that mean the expectation is Mr. Floyd, who apparently wants to be a very um, active voice publicly, uh, does that put him on the sidelines if he wants to participate in dialogue about the 2024 election? Is that intended? No. Because one of the co-defendants would be a candidate in that election. And if you mention the 2024 election, is he not mentioning that co-defendant? Like to add the sentence, he can promote defendant one as a candidate. I guess what I'm getting at is before it was tied to kind of the facts of the case. And so it, it seems like we've gone a different direction in this one. And what we can also do is it's, it, it, again, um, this one is more of a, of a broader order. If we need, uh, I would feel comfortable signing this right now uh, as a, a provision to get us through today and through the foreseeable future. And if we need to come back and consider argument to modify, uh, we can do that. I don't really see the harm in having such a blanket uh, restriction in place for the next week or two. Your Honor, the only thing that we would ask because we wanna make sure that they read it is in um, exhibit number 16, um, excuse me, provision number 16. That is something affirmative he needs to leave this courtroom and do. Uh, 12 hours, we believe, was generous. I don't see why it can't be done in 30 minutes, but we wanted to do that. So I wanted to bring 16 no, to your attention. We have no problem, although 12 hours is a bit extreme since he lives in Maryland. He's going to be traveling for the next several hours to see his family. We've got the holidays coming up. You're not going to have a, uh, any trouble with that, Your Honor. He's going to be building those posts. That's not an issue for us. Well, I mean, theoretically, he could just go in the next room and it doesn't take very long to delete a post. It's actually in, uh, in the car. Okay, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, you, you, I don't think deleting a post is all that onerous. So, bottom line, am I hearing there's no defense objection to 16 as written? I have no objection. Okay. All right. I think that again, I, I too often I think we run into problems when we're when we when we if we all collectively are, are, are rushing. So I, I, I'm fine to sign this as is today, and I would be happy to entertain a second modification once uh, we've been able to digest this to consider it and um, we can either hear argument or we can do it through briefing or we can even just do it uh, through email so Respectfully judge, sir why don't we just have a one-line order until the next hearing he stays off social media period until the court has a chance to well this yeah. goes a lot further than just social media and again i think this is a comprehensive uh, order I, um, but I also still want to respect the general, again, like, as I mentioned before, a defendant's general right to criticize and to proclaim his innocence. Um, and also to have, well, and that's what I'm saying. Well, under the terms of this order, he can do it without mentioning co-defendants, witnesses, or unindicted co-conspirators. So it'd have to be in broader terms. If we can fashion language that is more of a carve out, we'll work on that. But I think for now, in the short term, uh, based on what we learned so far today in the prior history, uh, at least for the next couple weeks, if not a week or two, it'd be this. Okay. Thank you, Your Honor. May we be excused? Can we also get one more thing? Sorry. Um, can we get a witness list? 
no undivided co-conspirator number 23, undivided co-conspirator. I don't have, I don't know who those people are. It's in his discovery, but we'll, we'll point him to the right page. I think the first, the indictment co-conspirators had already been disclosed as I they understand it. They have been disclosed, Your Honor. All right. All right, I'll let the parties work that out. But for now, um, Mr. Floyd, you have a copy that's been provided by the state of this modified bond order. I'm letting you know that I'm signing it as written by the state and it may be modified again in the future, but for now, everything in this uh, bond order uh, isn't going to be in place upon signature and uh, you'll be expected to abide by it. Is that understood? All right, thank you, Mr. Floyd. Lawfare No Bull is produced in cooperation with the Brookings Institution and Goat Rodeo. You can support Lawfare's suite of podcasts by joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash lawfare. That's www.patreon.com slash lawfare. You should rate and review Lawfare No Bull wherever you found us. And you should share us on all the social medias. And as always, thanks for listening.